That's hot and horny. Don't say shit like that. Show me from the top, listen. Ah! Shout out man. Shout out ASAP Rocky, man. All in the building, man. What's good? Is that potato salad? Yo, listen. Niggas give me the cold shoulder. I can speak for myself. So I keep a hot waist and alligator the belt. Ain't got a belt with the holster. I ain't playing games, but got some little niggas who would do it. So I pass the controller. You can press the next out. Try angle your nose. Pause your life if you squares. Try to mess with my O's. Whoa. So cut the crap like shit barbers. Cause we really with the beef like cards of the gay fathers. Nigga, we get dollars. Give them the bin baller. Exchange for them chains. I saw shiny with thick water. I got back pains. Neck heavy like whipped cream. My whip clean. And they all white. I whip cream. And cop boards and I draw a stick. I whip cream and cop cribs. I got more space than big jeans. Y'all sleeping on me. Explain why they got shit dreams. I'm alien. Got the laser gun with the big beam. Married to the money, my bitch green. No, I don't sit lean, but ride around the rockets like yeah, I mean y'all niggas weak. They thought I was goofy and all mouses. Double C my luggage and fill them with comb blouses. Y'all cop cush, my nigga. I cop houses and fill them with some Leo to capture some cold sprouses, nigga. Where we Rocky, ASAP, golf boy, where we at, nigga, in Paris. Podcast, 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 podcast. Podcast, 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 podcast. Are these podcast words? Podcast words. Podcast words. So I think I'm a little louder than everybody else, but I think that's just how I am. I think fair. I think you're allowed. Yeah. thoughts. Hi everybody, welcome to Export Audio. I am, as always, Autumn June, and of course, my regular co-host... Progression! Hey! <laughs> hey! Um, On yeah. every episode. Every single fucking episode. From, they live here. From the beginning of time yeah. until right now, you're, you've been hearing my voice in your ears. Yes. Over and over again. Yes. Repeatedly. <laughs> incessantly. Just saying, podcast. 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 Podcast? Podcast? And of course, our guest uh, this week. What is uh, what are the, you doing? The bit is that they are the guest, and you are the regular co-host, and that's the bit that I'm doing. Oh, it sucks. <laughs> I'm Nora, and I sync bits. <laughs> Sorry, who are you? Could you could you explain to the listeners at yeah. home who you are? Like, where might where might they know you from? From Export Audio. Have you heard of it? What's that? It's a it's a podcast. Uh, podcast? Yeah. Podcast. It's a podcast. I podcast. Host. Um, and yeah, I kind of keep that podcast going a lot. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah, you really. I'm kind of the glue that holds that show together. Uh huh. That's you. That's me. That's what everybody says about Export Audio. Is yeah. that without Nora, wouldn't happen. I mean, that's true. That's true. You are the best co-host I could ask for. You are the best subordinate. <laughs> That's that, you see that now. That's funny because actually, the sub is you. But I'm the podcast top. This is that's known. True. Uh, that's true. The podcast tall. Podcast tall. I don't know why you added an L to podcast. Because we spent a lot of time making fun of you saying walk on that episode. Whatever. I say the word as it's said. As it's spelled. <laughs> it's also said that way. Can you hand me my water? Sure can't. Please. You love me. Podcast top. Podcast top. 
podcast what? top is needy. <laughs> <laughs> My podcast brat. You literally beat me to it. <laughs> Allison is silently uh, dabbing. Dabbing. And drinking water. So, this is a podcast about the United States of America. Really? No. Tell me about, tell me everything about the United States of America. It's fucking messed up. It's know? messed up. You know? We passed a Circle K and they sell CBD there now. What? The, what? Sorry, slow down. Slow down. One of my favorite gas stations uh, on the drive home, it's right next to the cemetery, um... Circle K. Important waypoints in middle America. (laughs) (laughs) The Circle K has two big signs out. They've got two big Mm -hmm. new things that they're advertising right now. One is that they grind their coffee fresh every day. So they have less terrible coffee. Because Circle K, notoriously bad coffee. Uh, And also they have CBD oil there. What I'm taking away from this conversation is that strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Uh, you're making a reference that I'm missing. I sure am. I don't know the reference. That's okay. You, you gonna unpack that reference at all? It's Bill and Ted. I don't know what that is. Neither. Bill and Ted's... Oh, my dad tried to make me watch that movie, other. and I didn't like it. It's fine. It's da- very dadcore. Yeah, my dad... Um, but I'm a slut for time travel stories, so I had to watch it. On In the same summer that he forced me to watch Clerks, he forced me to watch Bill and Ted. That tracks. Yeah. That really tracks. Yeah. I liked Clerks. Quakey dad energy. Yeah. Yeah. I liked Clerks for some fucking reason. That movie sucks. I like Bill and Ted. It's like mediocre, but like I said, slut for time travel. The problem with Clerks is that there's... So wait, hang on. If you're podcast top and you're time travel slut, do I get a title? What do you want your title to be? I I don't know. I don't Dog Persona? No, this is. I literally <laughs> accused you of having a dog. Accused. 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 accused recommended. Of, Allegedly. Yeah, no, I, I was just like, oh, that's that's how I'm just sort of like moves around and mm-hmm. bounces around and demands attention. Of course, she's a fucking puppy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's actually more of a kitten. <laughs> this this is bad content. <laughs> I don't want you petting me on the podcast. <laughs> that I mean, sucks. It, it's happened. It's very it's much happened. It keeps happening, and I keep complaining about it every time. No, you say you like it. No, I don't. I really don't. Hmm. Podcast stuff is failing to achieve that role. <laughs> Cracks in the armor. Um, America. So tell me about America. So yeah, like... Fucking hell, it's big. It's big. It's like really big. Like... <laughs> So, like, I, I got the idea that, like, places were further apart, but it's just, like, everything. The moment of shock where you take a Coke bottle in your hand and realize your hand is just, like, holding a bigger object than you're used to. Just, like, everything <laughs> everything is a good 20% bigger until you get to, like, road networks and trains, at which point it's about four times bigger. And at which point, just, like, my entire sense of scale and what's normal is just, like, thrown completely out of the fucking window. With it, near this house... There are six Starbucks in a seven-mile radius. So that in and of itself doesn't seem weird. It's just I'm used to six Starbucks in a, like, five or two-mile radius in the middle of London. Uh That's what I'm used to. Right. It's just that all of those Starbucks are drive-throughs that you have to drive between. Uh Uh-huh. Where half the roads don't even have pavements, never mind, like convenient ways to walk between them yeah there's only one cafe store near us there are two cafe stores near us there's one 
Over on, I'm not going to tell people where I live. <laughs> no one needs to. <laughs> also, I've worked both those places. I really don't want to tell. Yeah. But there are two cafe stores near us, and the other, like, five Starbucks near us are all drive throughs the, the idea of a drive through Starbucks is bizarre, never mind the idea of, like, everyone having to get anywhere by, like, long car journeys in, like, three weeks. It would be great if, in those connective tissue roads, the, the roads worked. Yeah, that's the problem with St. Louis specifically, is that these roads suck. So, so yeah, as a city gay, I can't drive, so I'm in, like, zero position to make any comment whatsoever. But also, like... These roads are in total disrepair. <laughs> Fair. I, I support you in your endeavor to find part of, better part of, roads to be country gays on. Uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know country, country gays. gays. I'm a country gay. Uh, I'm not actually a country gay. I'm aspirationally a country gay. I mean, I grew up in Plano, which is not really country. Mm-hmm. So when I say country, I think anything that like requires large distances of driving, like qualifies. Countryside. Hmm. Co- yeah, no, that I, sounds I right. I described us as cross-country gays on Twitter yes. recently. Yeah, solid. Uh, that's, that's we've a... both driven the distance between Dallas and St. Louis. Mm-hmm. It's a solid brand as well. Yeah. Um. CCG. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> you wanted to get into a CCG, so. I... No, no. Can, mm-hmm. Can I tell you something mm-hmm. fucked up? Yeah. MDG Arena is really good. <laughs> It's really good. We should play MTG. We really We should play the other MTG, which is Meet the Gays, because I want to meet more gay people. You can do that, Magic the Gathering. Can I tell you something fucked up? Is you can meet gay people by playing Magic the Gathering. But then I'd have to play Magic the Gathering. It's a good game. It's an okay game. I'm like... At the very least, it's okay. I'm like two steps away from reinstalling League of Legends. No. That's dangerous. Our roommate plays it, and I've been peeking over their shoulder every now and then, and I see it. And it's changed. I feel like I'm more likely to get into auto chess. I feel like auto Same. chess is like I'm gonna try it sometime soon. Like I'll I'll get around to it, and either I'll play four rounds and I'll be like I get it, but I, it's not my thing. Or that's all I talk about for the next two years. If I get back in the league, though, if anyone oh. knows if Jarvin is still good, hit me up. In the games to get back into, Slay the Spire has a fourth character now. It's literally out today or yesterday. Oh, shit. You say get back into as if <laughs> I were <laughs> playing it yesterday. <laughs> so I was playing it literally on the flight between yes. uh, DC and St. Louis, which I just... I didn't even know yesterday. a fourth character was coming. That's yeah, sick. no, like, I, I, I was disappointed that I had asked for your Wi-Fi code on my phone and hadn't done it on my laptop. Because that's what. What I if I literally saying. booted up Slay the Spire while we were on the podcast just fucking, to make sure? Fucking do it. Um, yes. I'm just gonna like. Is there some way I can like check for updates or something? Surely there's a um, properties updates. Uh, okay, I'm sure it's there. I'm sure. I'm sure if the new character's out. Oh. I have faith. Three new items in my inventory on Steam. This is terrible podcast content, but I must know what these three new items are. And I'm burping on the podcast now. It's a bad time over here. Bunch of bullshit. Some trading cards. I don't... No one needs to hear this. Okay, anyway. Podcast, podcast, podcast. Um. Oh, Magic is like... It's an okay game. Mm Mm-hmm. But I also feel like it's the game that sort of hit critical mass so much that, like, 
if I do want to like scratch the car game itch, it's got to be Magic again. Because like right. I was so into Netrunner, like I love that game to fucking death. I feel like if you don't play Magic, you have to play Hearthstone. I feel like that's the thing. Like oh, that's so, the so this is the thing. It was like all the smart people, all the people who were like had opinions about card games, like abandoned Magic and went to Netrunner because it's like. Mm-hmm. Also a Richard Garfield game, but done better. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, no, it's same designer. Um, Isn't that game, like, dead or something? Yeah, so yes. it, it got, like, licensed to to Fancy Flight, and, like, they did a really good job with it, and they did um the standard, like, living card game thing where you know what you're buying, so, yeah. like, it's expensive, but it's not, like... A There's crap- a Game of Thrones card game yeah. like that that's really fun. Yeah, so, like, it's... the ga- with the. Game of Thrones one was like the second. Is that also Fantasy? Yeah, I end up playing everything Fantasy Flight makes one way or the other. I don't know how this happened, but our destinies are intertwined in this way. But very good game. I even played the fucking Warhammer Fantasy roleplay. Apparently, it was alright. I haven't played it. It's pretty cool. It's the precursor to the Star Wars RPG that is the precursor to Genesis. So. Well, good. But yeah, that's like, what I was trying to figure out how I yeah. knew Fantasy Flight. That's what mm. I actually know them from. But yeah, like pretty good game company to have your fate intertwined with. Mm. But yeah, so like they got the license from Wizards of the Coasty people and to like make a Netrunner update game. It's like an old 80s game that they completely refreshed, released in maybe 2013, 14. Mm-hmm. P- like released amazing games for f- amazing cards and amazing game design for five years based off an original which was already still like rock solid. And then I think maybe it just got a bit too popular and the license got a bit too big and they just sort of like said, yoink, we're taking that game back from you now. So like the Android broad universe that it was in was like Fancy Flight's own creation. And Mm. that still exists. But like you're playing Netrunner. Netrunner's the game. Netrunner's the card game that mattered. And it like, I fell in love with that so, so deeply. And like, Mm. it like physicalizes and makes a, it's asymmetric it's completely asymmetric you sw- someone places a hacker someone places a corporation and you get to like it's a not like a role playing thing but you get to have the flavor of like what sort of way of being a horrendous maker corporation or what sort of way of being a hacker genius mm-hmm. do I want to be mm-hmm. and you get both flavors of it and you can like I'm the company who's like the real estate developer slash hedge fund who is just going to shoot RPGs through your window or you can be, I'm going to, like, hack... So just, like, a... We're just going to throw a copy of Dungeon World through your window? <laughs> it's thick enough. <laughs> just putting the, putting the monster manual in the fucking grenade launcher. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a flail, and it's just three copies of Lancer on chain. <laughs> I mean, it's it, if it's that and putting explosive charges in your basement, I know which is more surgical and precise. Yeah. So, you know? Yeah. But yeah, um, you can do that. Or you could be like a biotech company who slowly poisons you by breaking your brain on the internet, which is also cool, but a different kind of cool. And It's the, a horny kind of cool. It's an incredibly horny kind of cool. <laughs> all, all the space cop, all the clone space cops from this Japanese biotech company are incredibly hot. And it, that's like a big part of their brand. <laughs> Like making horny hot psychic clones. Love it. It's basically. It's you basic, love to see it. It's like ja- Japanese branded biotech minority report. It's great. Hi, listeners. We're back. Nora spoiled Gundam. Uh, so we we did a record scratch and we're back. Um, <laughs> whatever. Anyway. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Here's the thing, is that Netrunner seems cool, but it's dead. 
Hearthstone is terrible. <laughs> and MTG Arena exists now. The reason I played Hearthstone was because MTG Arena didn't exist. And sometimes uh, you need a thing on a laptop. Yeah, uh, yeah. But Hearthstone sucks. <laughs> Doesn't Magic the Gathering have a fake Hearthstone? What? Doesn't Magic the Gathering have like a fake version of Hearthstone? Is that not no just idea. like Magic the Gathering? I Am no I idea. thinking of Elder Scrolls? Oh, Elder yeah. Scrolls does have a fake Hearthstone. Yeah, yeah. where they have like adverts. Uh, do, you, uh, do you remember the E3 advert, which was like boy what walks into tavern full mm-hmm. of like ladies with incredible amounts of boobs? Yes, and like challenges them and like well, tries, yeah. This is also Bethesda, so there was like one person in the audience who was losing their fucking mind, presumably <laughs> because they worked on the game and were just like, "That's me, fuck." <laughs> I love um, Elder Scrolls Online, which is ten dollars. You can play it. You can just play Elder Scrolls Online. And you Online. start in Morrowind. Yeah, I still I bought I bought Elder Scrolls Online. I paid them ten dollars to stop thinking about it because <laughs> I knew I wasn't gonna actually play it, but I knew that I would think about you playing it every day until I just gave them the ten dollars. You definitely so. let me think you were gonna play it with me. <laughs> but like, we were also playing FF14. Yeah. And then we've kind of fallen off FF14 a little bit. We'll get back to that, though. Shit, speaking of games that got started and Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. FF13, is that is that a thing that you're... We streamed an hour of it and have played no more, but we'll, we'll I figure fucking, it out. I fucking want to watch we'll, you we'll, learn that game, because it is genuinely one of... Here's it the might thing. be my favorite RPG ever. The control situation is bad on PC. Yes. Uh, do you not have a controller to link it up to? We don't right now. We have a PS4 controller, and it doesn't... It's built for a 360 controller and it keeps like getting confused about like it wants to put like square is yes square is yes oh, no. yeah like it's so it's a bad little, um it's a little confused about which buttons are supposed to be which part of me wants to just figure out how to stream straight from a ps3 if i mean we honest. just have to buy a capture card or yeah, something something like that um, but like, I we would, also would just have to stream that game in longer than an hour chunks. I think because yeah, I think that's the, an hour. I know the the game itself. Like, you could probably, if you are blitzing through it, probably is eighty plus hours. And I, I don't believe that because I played Persona in twenty four hours. So but that was the PSP version. That was right? the Vita version with the easy mode. Okay. So I mean. I'm only going off personal experience, and I was probably quite bad at games at age 13, mm-hmm. but I played two full playthroughs of that game, both of which the files ended up being about 100 hours plus. Mm-hmm. Like, the main story of the game is probably 60 hours now. Why? Because it's big operatic bullshit. Because that's what Final Fantasy was. But you could just do a three-hour movie. That's what Final Fantasy is, Damn. is big RPGs. I know this. It's called Final Fantasy VI. Maybe you've heard of it. It's fucking huge. And games... For part of it. And then part of it is very small. That's true. That's true. So, I mean... But, like, it's huge by SNES standards. And, like, they just keep blowing up. Have you heard of Chrono Trigger? Yeah. Yeah, It's not huge. It's very small. I love it about... I love that about it. Because there's, like, six time periods. Uh Uh-huh. You only type in six different times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Only six. Uh Uh-huh. But some of those places don't have full world maps. No, that's true. But just Final Fantasy XIII is small in the sense that, like, it is corridors for the first 40 hours. And that's fine, because they're quite cool and very pretty corridors. And it is mostly, like, cutscenes with interspersed, rapidly pressing auto battle. But that's fine, too. 
But then, I'm not here to play the game. No, exactly. Right. I'm here to get deep into the 13, like, like multiverse lore. Yeah, I, Here's the I thing. Love also, I'm here to get deep into the 13 multiverse lore and then cross-reference all of that with the Dissidia multiverse lore. Uh-huh. Uh, between Here's that, Dissidia, and then 15, and, like, imagine the remnants of the game that fifth, uh, 13 versus was. Is... Yeah, and then there's also Type-0 in there, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. So what the, what the fuck did Squad do? Shit what? the bed. I, here's the thing is that if it weren't for Final Fantasy XIV, I'm pretty sure that like Square would be doing a Konami right now and just oh, being yeah. like pivoting to pachinko machines or something. Like pivoting to not video games because I'm pretty sure if it were not for FF14 being the most profitable MMO right now, like they wouldn't be doing this. I think we should play FF13 and I think either we have to stream in an hour long chunk, more than an hour in chunks, which I don't think you can do and that's fair. I don't expect you to do that. Or we just have to play a bunch of it off stream just because, like, sure. we just have to, like, fucking dig into that game. And we can't do. Once we get to 13 hours. 2 and Lightning Returns, it's much easier because those are not huge games. No, I, I. 13 2 was the first game I ever platinumed. Um, and just in terms of scale, it is, like, meaningfully smaller and meaningfully more manageable. But it is, like. If the, I've heard the joke, and I probably am going to credit, I think. Is it? John Blythe's videos about Final Fantasy Thirteen for was it OXM? Probably about eight years old. These videos, uh-huh. so near and dear to my heart. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, just like the the difference between like having like a two meter long tube of loo roll and calling that an RPG versus like taking a tiny little stubby Twix bar or something like that and just sticking little like ch- like chewing gum bits on it and saying like yeah it's an open world now it's it's bigger <laughs> it goes wide just like the difference between I hate this yeah no it's it's like it could be the most like painfully straightforward experience but very long and people are going to complain about it not being open world or expansive enough so they literally just like abandon the idea of like linearity or continuity altogether in 13.2. And also it's about time travel. It's, it is also Sick. about time travel. And then but, the third one is like an action game, so that's going to be like 12 hours. Yeah. It's not... 13.2 isn't good. It's not like... I've heard, it's, it's, I've heard it's pretty good. It's the same battle system and that was enough for me to like deal with it mm. because I love 13's battle system and 13.2 is adequate. But also it's very silly and doesn't make much sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's a time travel story. Yeah. So, it's good. Time travel slot Nora Blake. That's me. They should put Chrono Trigger on the Switch. They should put Chrono in Smash. They should put Chrono in Smash. Didn't they recently do that? With Hero? I mean, isn't Hero... Tell me the difference between any Dragon Dragon Quest protagonist and Chrono. Tell me the difference between Sans and Chrono. Chrono is from a good video game. Don't you dare besmirch the, uh, the good name of Dragon uh, Quest. I, I only played Dragon Warrior. <laughs> I haven't played any Dragon Quest games, but... Um, Me either. I really like the Akira Toriyama art, and so those games are, I think, good, you will find. I think, actually, those games are good. As for Sans Undertale... What's the difference between Sans and Chrono? When you really think about Chrono it. Chrono re- is from a good video game. <laughs> Sans oh, is from a great oh, video game. Oh. That wasn't easy. That was yeah. not very funny. But I think Deltarune is objectively better than Undertale. That's true. 
It's no, short. It's shorter, so it's can better. I, can I hoist myself? Yeah. I, I played about an hour of Undertale and didn't like it at all and gave up. That's y- fine. You're so fucking valid. It seems like arduous to get through. As someone who watched like three Let's Plays of it, it seemed arduous. I will not cast dispersions about any um, best friends who live in this house. I will not name any names. The best or- friends live in this house? You know they're not friends anymore. <laughs> Oh, shit! <laughs> I just understood that. Anyway, I'm not going to cast um, any aspersions or name any names of any best friends who live in this house. but Like Anna. Like Anna. <laughs> but um, this best friend, this hypothetical best friend, may have totally ruined Undertale from me, for me by continuously telling me how it's the best game ever made, how I must play it, how they won't even speak to me till I play it. It's the best game ever made. That's the only thing I'm going to talk about for the next year. And Undertale, pretty good. I came around, it took me, I don't think I really clicked with it until the, until the ending I thought was really strong. And I think the journey there was kind of okay. Deltarune's just good, top to bottom. Undertale certainly is a game that came out in 2015. Certainly is. That was four years ago. Yeah, it's almost been a year since Delta Rune. Really? It's Halloween. Jesus. I remember messaging Riley when that teaser dropped, like, oh, how did you get Toby Fomps to hype the second season of Interstitial? <laughs> <laughs> um, but. They announced a game um, that looked very Autumn Core at the most recent Nintendo Direct that was just like. It's like kind of a tactics RPG, I th- I think it was, and you're just like protecting a little small RPG town. Like you're not the adventurer, you're just like a person who lives there who's trying to like protect it from the dragons. And it's got music by Toby Fox. I'm gonna check that out when it comes mm. out. It's called My Town Hero or Little Town Hero or mm-hmm. Small Town Hero something. Just a small town Juke. hero <laughs> living Fox. in a lonely hero. town. <laughs> Took the midnight dragon going to the town. <laughs> this sucks. I'm looking back at like games that I play, games that I was thinking about and like in 2014-15, and like Beginner's Guide and 80 Days were like two games that I played a lot of in 2015, and just like now in terms of like a combination of like narrative design and interesting ideas to explore, I'm just like. Well, you know what else happened in 2015? Huh. The Phantom Pain. That's true. Um, that came out... Let me just check my I, uh, thing here. One second. That came okay. out the same day as Undertale. Are I, you fucking kidding me? I think either that or two weeks after. It's either the 15th <sighs> or the 29th. You may continue now. I was just going to say that... Both 80 Days and uh, Beginner's Guide weirdly fall into this category for me of did not play them when they came out. If I had, like, that was a stage in my life where I was really into indie games. And so if I had, they'd be, like, my favorite games ever. But because I didn't play them then, it's just never happened for me. Um, I uh, was really into the Stanley Parable back when it was a source mod. 
Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then once uh, it got like an official release and all that, I thought it would got, it got too mainstream, and I thought it got a little up its own ass with the changes they made to the full game. Yes, mm-hmm. um, I think. It I made... mean, it was always up its own ass, but I just thought. What I understand. I thought when other people started liking it, it sucked. What I understand about <laughs> that is that it made a point on its own, uh-huh. and then it got bigger. It got, and little... there was more points being made when really. The point was made. I mean, the, the, even the source mod version, it, it kind of has a little bit of that problem. I think the full game doesn't change as much as some people think it does. The real problem is that everyone who became a fan of Stanley Parable became insufferable when they talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the first time you've heard about agency in video games. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's like, very much so. I mean, so like... Speak, hearing you say this, like the beginner's guide is mining similarish territory. I'm sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Or not? Vamp, 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 vamp. Podcast. Ah. That's a vamp. Um, <laughs> um, I'm vamp because I'm bisexual. <laughs> Speaking of agency in video games, <laughs> what? The beginner's guide. Oh. That's what Metal Gear's about. Uh. No, it's not. <laughs> so much of Metal Gear is about, like, you enjoy the killing, don't you? No. That's, like, that's, like, most of the game. That's not most of the game, but that's, like, a lot of the game is, like... Have you played Metal Gear Solid 2? That's I a w- video game about video games. That's it's a- Undertale from 2003 or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Firing off the taste. <laughs> First of all, Metal Gear Solid is from 1998. Yes, Metal Gear Solid 2 is the Undertale of the PlayStation 2. Oh, the you enjoy the killing part is just Psycho Mantis, right? Uh, I don't remember. I think so. But Metal Gear Solid 2 is not... Metal Gear Solid 2, Raiden is doing all the virtual training missions so that he can be Snake. Raiden is supposed to be the player who's like... Thinks Snake is so cool and is missing am, all the yes. points about nuclear war. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Metal Gear Solid Two is a critique of gamers and gaming. I don't know about that. Did you play a different game? I mean, I didn't I play Metal Gear Solid Two. But... I don't remember a lot. But... <laughs> <laughs> so the liar and the ignorant person <laughs> trying to have a debate about Ex- a thing that neither of them have I'm any real opinions about. Expert Audio 63, too. we start screaming each other about Metal Gear Solid. I just feel like that's... It wouldn't be that hacky, would it? Yes! <laughs> have you heard of it? It's called Metal Gear! Metal Gear Solid 4 is the greatest story ever told by anyone. <laughs> I do think it's a shame that anime never talks about the bomb. <laughs> Were you privy to this take? Okay, yeah, you we heard the take. Yeah, I was. I we was. Can't do this. <sighs> we can't do this. Metal, Metal Gear Solid had good anime design. <laughs> <laughs> what a weird fucking Ouroboros of bad tweets we've created here. <laughs> Listener, we read some tweet from some friend on a private account that was just a comment on an internet forum somewhere where someone was saying, anime never talks about nuclear war. And I, now every time I watch anime, it's all I can think about. <laughs> because it's a very funny post. The 
the circle of content. The circle of content. Why do we talk about Metal Gear on every episode of <laughs> this we, podcast? Because as much as we don't like Metal Gear, we really like Metal Gear. <laughs> I fucking love Metal Gear. Yeah, it's really about agency in video games. Yes! I feel like saying that in with those words is wrong somehow. Metal oh, Gear like Solid 2 repre- repeats so many of the like plot points. Like you're showing points. me a nude of Kojima. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 2 repeats so many of the plot points of Metal Gear Solid 1. Yes. Because it's just like, oh, this is what these fucking gamers like. This fucking fan service, these idiots. I thought that take... Someone, is, sorry, wait. Is this the end of Eva of... Of video games. No, because Metal Gear Solid 2 is good and doesn't have... <laughs> and End of Evangelion doesn't have <laughs> Solid a Snake, <laughs> the tentacle president. I mean, it has that, but it's called the angels. I mean, oh, no like... one in Evangelion cucks their dad to death. <laughs> <laughs> they might. You know... I mean, that kind of happens. I don't know. It kind of does. <laughs> kind of really does. <laughs> no, here's the thing: is that Metal Gear Solid Two is the reason I like Metal Gear. End of Evangelion is the reason I hate End of Evangelion. I almost said Metal Gear, <laughs> which would also be true, probably. It's true. It just spoils everything. I it like, infects your brain. I like Metal Gear Solid Two and Four the best, and I think I like Four. A lot because of its like I like it as an ending and mm. I know that's an unpopular opinion because it is bullshit it's a, <laughs> but it is immaculately crafted bullshit to perfectly match the shapes of all of the weird things that were left behind mm-hmm. but also I think that the story of Metal Gear on a series level took a nosedive after three because they got so tied up in the boss and in Big Boss's story, which was never what I was interested in. I still... I think I tweeted this on private. The, instead of the War in Our Stars, we should be doing Do You Remember This Bullshit? Where we just watch each like Metal Gear cutscene movie and then just like talk about it afterward. Sure, we can also do that. As, yeah, that's pretty export. easy. It's that's just pretty like, easy. That's, we will run out of content. So we won't remember it all, so no one else has to. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> so imagine you two running out of content. <laughs> we run out of Metal Gear content, because there certainly isn't more being made. No, thank God. Do we end up playing Survive? No. 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 It's probably no. like five bucks. No, 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 no. We will end up playing Survive, because it'll be re-released as Death Stranding. <laughs> I'm... I'm gonna watch you play Death Stranding. I don't know that I'm gonna put like my hands on the go- controller. Am I going to have to wait for you to watch it, or can I play it on my own when you're not around? You can play it on your own when I'm not around. Then I'll just catch you up between. <laughs> I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna. Get my solemn vow to never play a Metal Gear game, I think, is just going to carry over to Death Stranding. Are you also never gonna play Zone of the Enders? I will play Zone of the Enders. I think you like it. I think I'd like it. I might play Boktai. I reserve the right to play Snatcher. If I want to. Okay. Video games. If Snatcher were easier to play, I would play it. Games. Video games. Video games. Video. Just wanna play <laughs> video games. Um, Wait, hang on. Was that not Lana Del Rey? Mm. No. 
Is, is that uh, so many references? Yeah, I, no. This the is the entirety I, of Metal Gear just going completely off of my head. Yes, no. The, this is a real problem of Nora and I have a specific way that we talk to each other. It is very hard to bring a guest. How into fucked that. up would it be if someone had just handed Kojima a Communist Manifesto like 15 years ago? <laughs> like, like it was after like two, this. but before three. Like you probably use it as like fresh, flashy, like prop work in, in the background, and then just do the same game. Yeah, exactly. no, no. Yeah, no, we don't actually want this. We d Here's the thing, is that Kojima would not read the Communist Manifesto. Kojima would read Capital. But he... I don't know. Because the Communist Manifesto is supposed to be, like, a, a quick and dirty primer. Like, I think it's only, like, 150 pages or it's something. Short, yeah. Capital is, like, big, three volumes and... Big boy. Big boy... Like, I'm going to explain Hegelian dialectics, and then I'm going to explain why they're bullshit, and I must turn them on their head. I don't understand any of that words you said. Yeah, no, that's what capital is. That's why hey, people read the manifesto. Hegelian is like the, the flexes you do for your pussy, right? <laughs> <laughs> Hegelian dialectics for your pelvic floor. Just gonna type this in the chat so I don't forget it. <laughs> oh god, I forgot Riley wanted us to do content. No, Riley sent us content. We didn't do the content, so they sent it to what? Was it Waypoint? They sent it to Waypoint. I vetoed the content. And Waypoint did the content. Did they do the content? <laughs> they did the content that we denied. Jesus. I remember when I, for a joke, sat with Riley for about 20 minutes making a bullshit game and then Waypoint played it. That yeah. was remember, ludicrous. Remember when uh, fucking Abnormal Mapping played it? That was great. I don't. Yeah, Abnormal... Did they play it? Yeah, yeah. they modded this it. This is the first I'm fucking hearing about it. They, uh, so oh, God, some, they modded it for Gundam shit. Yeah, someone in the AM Discord oh. modded it for Gundam shit. And it was just an hour of all of them doing great Gundam Project in-jokes. It's fucking incredible. I... Mm. I feel like just for like for the sake of friends and people I appreciate creatively and also for the like back of my head itch scratching of like ah oh, big mechs are kinda cool. I should get into Gundam. I've never got anywhere. Let me near tell it. you about Gundam F ninety one. It's the best movie and it's all of Gundam it's it's everything I like about Gundam in two hours, basically. But I've asked you for so many so many occasions so, so, which one I should sell with and I'm sure FD91 is hiding somewhere in my Rex list. So. Th there are two places I recommend. I either recommend that you start with the original show and you just say, "All right, I'm just going to I'm just going to do the Great Gundam project. I'm just going to start at the start and then Zeta is a sequel to 79, and then Z Double Zeta is a sequel to Zeta, and then Shard's Counterattack is a sequel to Double Zeta. I feel and like that's Act 1 of Gundam. That's Act 1 From of Gundam. From 79 to Shard's Counterattack is like an, a self-contained thing. And then honestly, after Shard's Counterattack, I think you can go in a couple different directions. There's a few OVAs that came out right after that that you could go watch. You can go watch F91, which is what I did right after that. Um, like, you can go in a bunch of different directions after Shard's Counterattack, but the, the thing you can... The best, in my opinion, way to start Gundam is to... Um, Unicorn. No, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> do not do that. Because, okay. Uh, Gundam, Zeta, uh, Double Zeta, Shards Counterattack, that's 150 episodes. It's a huge investment. 
but that's like the foundation for any other Gundam show that you're going to watch is going to be in reference to those three shows and Shard's Counterattack. Or you can, if you don't know, like if you don't want to make that commitment like I did, I think F91 is a mess. It's a mess. And it is a mess in the way that Gundam is a mess. And it's just, it is everything I like and everything I hate all in all in two hours and so you can just get like a quick hit and you can kind of understand and the animation is like i won't i won't say it's better i think the animation in the first show is fucking stunning i just think that like it's a movie so they spent more money on it um the the thing with that the thing with f91 is that f91 was supposed to be the first show that takes place after charge counterattack and they got like 12 episodes into making it and were like they got their budget slashed and so it became a movie and then the movie ends with this is only the beginning and implies like sequels to come and it was supposed to be a trilogy and then those movies never came out <laughs> did that turn into actual shows or something like that like, uh, the from, rest of Gundam from what I understand Victory Gundam is so there's there's Victory Gundam which is playing a lot of playing with a lot of ideas from F91 but none of the characters are there but that's like the next show that comes after F91 in the timeline and that's like using a lot of those ideas and then the other thing that i understand is that crossbone crossbone gundam is a manga that um uses all of those characters again um i don't think crossbone is what i want because i want another movie that is just a happy ending to f91 and i I know that crossbone won't be that crossbone has let's take these toys over here and move them to a new play area uh-huh. with a totally different thing going on to play with them in, as far as I understand, because yeah. they go to Jupiter? They go to Jupiter, which is not a place people go in Gundam. So Where do they go? Hell. Earth Sphere. So the Earth Sphere is the Earth and the colonies surrounding it. And, like, there's not... Are people they, don't... Are they on the moon? I don't... There's not a... To my recollection, they never really hang out on the moon. They talk about Luna, too. Is that the moon? I don't think so. I don't remember them ever hanging out on the moon, but, like, surely they hang out on the moon, and I'm just, like, having some weird gap in my memory about why they don't see... Of course you should hang out on the moon. It's the fun place to hang out. But, like, they, they don't... They really don't hang out on Mars. Like, I think there are people there, but mostly... Most of humanity is in Earth sphere, and then there's another really large chunk of humanity that's op- over in Jupiter sphere, and like, that's like its own hellscape because like, they're, they're in, called the Jupiter Empire. In so in Earth, so that it sells itself. What yeah. it might be a hellscape? They have Whoa. numbers on their hands. Everyone mm. has a number on their hand, and they hide it from Earth people. From what? From the little bit I've heard about Crossbone, the thing is that like. Earth Sphere is a hellscape because you have the Earth Federation basically being like um, incompetent, soulless, capitalist uh, bureaucrats governing over everyone, um, and all the space noids are mistreated, and they can look out at the Earth and they can see this beautiful Eden that their colonies are nothing like. And meanwhile, Jupiter doesn't have any like Earth to look at. They're all like, "We're just in space. This fucking sucks. <laughs> this fucking sucks ass." So, <laughs> why did my head go straight to utopian versus scientific Marxism? <laughs> because that's it. Gundam, Gundam is really interested in utopian versus scientific Marxism. So fair, yeah, sick. yeah. Um, 
Um, Gundam's really fucking good. I'm looking. I'm looking at the content that Riley sent us. Riley sent us a bracket of the worst um, fast food restaurants. But a lot of these are good, so I don't understand. Yeah, this is all. This is just a lot of fast food restaurants. It's just and not I, all the fast food restaurants. It might be. I can't tell. There's a lot of shit on here I've never heard of. That's the that's the real reason I'm not going to do it. Is because like I know that Brahms is some shit that you had over in Texas, yeah. but I've never been there. So and I don't know what Taco Bueno is. Yeah. You don't know Taco Bueno? No, I don't know Taco Bueno. Okay. Both, we not, are are, are we not just doing it now? Is I, have, I mean, I'm just explaining why I'm not doing the content, but I'm going to try and find some content here. I haven't so, been to Hardee's or churches in like a year, Sbarro's, five years. Sbarro's, I'm pretty sure, doesn't exist outside of malls. Sbarro's is terrible. It's fine. Sbarro's is terrible. It, and, you know, it's mall pizza. It's pretty good. White Castle? We have a White Castle slow close to I've us, never, and I've never been there. I've never been I should, we should go to the White Castle. No, no, here's what. I went to a White Castle one time about eight years ago and didn't stop shitting for two days, and this is before I had Crohn's. I want to go to White Castle because I've always heard Are you heard sure of it. there isn't like a more causal relationship hiding there somewhere? That, uh, that was a joke that was told because I got diagnosed with Crohn's like probably uh, one year after um, going to White Castle sometime, and like. One one person was joking, oh, White Castle gave you Crohn's. Um, which is fucking wild. Uh, there's the homophobic chicken on here. Homophobic chicken's great. There's Checkers on here. Don't which know what that is. You do, because Checkers is also Rallies, and which I think is great, and oh, you don't like at all. Yeah, no, no thank you. Rallies is great. McDonald's sucks. Jimmy John sucks. McDonald's is fine. Like, I don't know. It's a little expensive, but it's fine. It's needlessly expensive. Yeah, I feel like it used to be cheaper. I know, right? So yeah, we're not... Uh, I'm genuinely in awe of the, the diversity and depths of awful that could plausibly be plumbed by American fast food. I say this just as much as like me and Nora were literally chatting earlier about, like, you know, the one thing Americans can do is, like, fast food. Yeah. And we literally went to some random drive through diner for a burger for lunch. And it was fucking amazing. And, like, apparently this is, like, award-winning. And Why respect- is there smoke coming out of the neighbor's house? I'm going to make sure that's... They're grilling. They're grilling? Thank God. They're I, grilling. I assumed it was a grill earlier, and I didn't get up to look. I just... I noticed the smoke earlier and was like, that's a normal amount of smoke. They're probably grilling. It's fine. And then I looked, and there was a lot more smoke, and I wanted to make sure that it was still fine. <laughs> um, How- house fires. Yeah. Fun times. It's St. Louis Street. <laughs> um, okay, why is Carl's Jr. and Hardy's a different, two different entries does, on this? Does Riley know that they're the same thing? They're the same fucking thing. Are they the same thing? Yeah. It's, it's the just same what, company. It's, yeah, it's the same company. And it's the same font and logo. Yeah. It's just in some states they're called Carl's Jr. and in some states like they're fucking called... fucking Breadco. It's like fucking Breadco. No, it's not on this list, Breadco. I bet Breadco's on here. I don't know, like, In-N-Out's good. I don't know why people are so salty about In-N-Out. Yeah, In-N-Out's fine. Dairy Queen's fine. It seems like people are, like, deliberately not liking In-N-Out because it was popular or something. Is In-N-Out the secret menu one, or is that... I don't know. It's from California. Okay. I think that's a secret menu one. I, I, I am frustrated by the content. That's so <laughs> much smoke. I know this is bad content, but this... I'm just making sure that it's fine. 
It's Supreme Leader Smoke. Yeah, okay. It's fine. They're serving food. There's people out there. There's people out there. If it was bad, someone would be shouting or grabbing a fire extinguisher or, or something. not just eating. Not just eating mac and cheese. <laughs> um, Five Guys is good. Wait, hang on. Can you do mac and cheese on a grill? Is that a thing you can do? No, but you... I mean, you could put it in a thing and put the thing in the grill, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. It seems awkward, and I don't know why you would do it. seems unnecessary when you when ovens exist. Mac and cheese is like a common grilling side dish. Yeah. Like, people make burgers and have mac and cheese on the side. Yeah. Where I mean, like, the, 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 the sheer the quantity of starch in that sort of arrangement is not something I'm prepared for. But at the same time, mac and cheese is really What's starch? starch? Just, like, stodgy carbohydrates. I don't... Like I don't know what that means. Pasta, potatoes. <laughs> you spit it on me from across the table. Normally, pasta, pasta, and potatoes. What? What's going on? I love you. You're so doing much. this thing again. I love you so much. You're... Are you? Are you earnestly saying you don't know what starches are? I don't know what that means. Okay. Okay. Corn, uh-huh. pasta, potatoes, bread, like four basic food groups. <laughs> Beans, bacon, whiskey, and lard. What's that voice? <laughs> I should make you my mom's pie. My mom That's makes... Cookie from Atlantis. The Lost Empire. It was a Disney movie, Atlantis. Oh, that Joss Whedon movie, yeah. What? Yeah. I shot... Like... Hold once, on, what? Once every three months you talk about Atlantis and I tell you it's a Joss Whedon movie and you give me the same reaction every time. <laughs> That's not true. That can't be possible. That's not possible. <laughs> Let me look up. No! I was trying to do a Darth Vader. Did I get there? No. I have no clue. Okay. I watched You haven't watched... What? So, what have I watched? It was I've directed watched... by Carrie Trousdale and Kirk Wise. Look who wrote it. Go look at whoever air wrote date. it. Why is it an air date? What? Is I feel like you've thing? done... You've Dismissed the just fact that I haven't watched Star Wars I quite quickly. I would love yeah. to. Here it is. Uh, no, we're coming back to this. I just have to prove to Nora <laughs> once again that it's a Joss... <laughs> story by Joss Whedon. Story by, but that's not written by. Screen... Okay. Okay. Screenplay by Tab Murphy. Okay. I thought it was, like, written by. No, I would know if it was written by Joss Whedon. He also did the story for Toy Story, I think. He was involved in Toy Story somehow. And, of course, Alien 3. Or Alien 4? Anyway... Alien 3. You haven't watched Star Wars? I've watched, I think, the last prequel, and I watched... Revenge of the Sith? Revenge of the Sith I definitely watched. That's a great movie. It's the best one. I also remember very distinctly playing the PS2 game Revenge Mm -hmm. of the Sith to death. Yes. I have that in the basement right now. I saw, and I was very (laughs) fucking excited. Um, I used cheat I, codes in that game, because that was back when you could use cheat codes in in games. Yeah, same. Do you remember cheat codes? Those were great. You can still do that in some games. Not, not enough. Shout out to The Sims for having money books. I, ho- I hope. Fuck yeah. I hope the new editions of Jedi Outcast have cheat codes. What if Control just patched in cheat codes? What if Control patched in cheat codes? What if Control patched in an easy mode? Because I'm very bad at the game and I get very mad and it was really hindering my enjoyment at what some point. What if Control patched in like six more checkpoints? Yeah. But throughout the campaign, just six more. What if they what if they put a checkpoint over by um in that desert town where where you talk to the uh to the Illuminati? I'm making an FF14 joke that's failing cuz I can't remember the name of the place. Oh. 
There should be an etherite there. There should be an etherite there, right? You go there so much, and then you really don't. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> I've watched... So what was that? Three? Mm-hmm. I watched A New Hope in preparation for watching the first J.J. Abrams one. I can't remember what that's called. The Force Awakens. And then I haven't watched the second J.J. Abrams one. <clears throat> Well, okay. the second well, J.J. Abrams one well, isn't out yet. I will, is there a, is there a, There's where? a second new one. The, this, I haven't watched the second new one. I watched the first new one. Would you I'm like not, to? We have it. Like... It, we I have know. it. It's on I've, Netflix. I've, like, yeah. never been into Star Wars. And, like... That's fair. It's, like... It's my favorite thing in the world. I know, I know. And I've always, like, really respected people who are into it. It's just, like, not my flavor of sci-fi whatsoever. It sucks. <laughs> It sucks. I'm so... No, I'm... Nora's literally just crumpled onto the table. (laughs) No, I have such a weird relationship with Star Wars because, like... like, New Hope's a perfect movie. First of all, New Hope is is a perfect movie. I have a weird relationship with Star Wars because there was a moment where Star Wars was my favorite thing. And then... Because, like... Revenge of the Sith was coming out Battlefront and Battlefront 2 for the PS2 were coming out Jedi Outcast there's like a thing about Star Wars that I have an affection for and it's not that Disney killed it or something I don't think Disney is responsible I think that I turned 13 or 14 and decided to start hating Star Wars to be cool and contrarian and this was years before the Disney buyout that like like it like Sometime between Revenge of the Sith and Disney buying it, I decided to hate Star Wars just to be cool. Clone Wars? I never got into Clone Wars. But did you hate it when Clone Wars came out in 08? Like, I was probably hating it then, but I didn't watch Clone Wars at all. Mm. Like, it, maybe Clone Wars would have stopped me from ever having this hating Star Wars phase. And so now, now both things live inside me where, where Star Wars is my favorite thing, but equally, I hate it. And, like, I can... Both of them just leave, live inside me equally, sure. and I can't justify either take. Both takes are bad. Can I be the person who's like, I never have had a take, because yeah. there was no point in my life in which it was a thing that This I is the cared. best way to be. It, it was a no point in my life in I which mean, I cared at all about Star Wars. My stepdad liked it a bit growing up, so I, I don't remember my first time watching Star Wars because I was too young, and I just always knew Star Wars. And I, then I was six when the prequels happened, so that just sort of carried me through. And then there was a lull when I was in my teens when I didn't think about Star Wars, except for, like, I got into The Force Unleashed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe maybe there are good elements to The Force Unleashed games that could be revisited. Here's another thing. Um, when did I get into Friends at the Table? Would it, uh, I would have... I tried getting into it when Austin went to Giant Bomb, but it didn't really click for me until That's probably. when I first started. I listened to Autumn. I, I listened to Counterweight, and then Counterweight wasn't done yet, so I listened to Autumn. I probably got into Friends of the Table in earnest in early Which 2017. Which I, I probably... I listened to Counterweight <clears throat> during the, like... I know this for a very weird chronology. I got into Counterweight in the like, semester of my college that was the same as, like, Trump getting inaugurated, you know? That's just how I remember the last few years. And, like, this was also when I was listening to the Adventure Zone bunch, 
And if I had picked up Campaign at the same time, mm-hmm. I think I would probably feel the same way you do of like Star Wars. Campaign being my definitely favorite. reignited my interest in Star Wars. That's where I was going with that. It was like there was a little in my teens where I was like, ah, oh, for something's just kind of it's kind of a bad video game, but I like it. Yeah, and I liked it. Like, oh, look at all these like twelve different costumes you could wear in it. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and then. When I was the a Lego child, Star Wars prequel game actually did that for me a lot, and like the Re- Lego Star Wars prequel game is why I care about like random dudes on the Jedi Council. When I was a kid, I remember my dad like visiting my dad, and he was playing Kotor on his Xbox. Fuck. Um, so I feel like you would like Kotor. Oh, God, I'm probably Kotor. like judging by the people I know in the internet who love Kotor. I probably would, but also like. I don't really <clears throat> care. Like, yeah, I guess Kotor is a critique of Star Wars, and you don't yeah care like, about a critique of I, Star Wars I, if you don't I'm, care about Star Wars. I'm very much into big, expansive things that deploy their conceptual resources to like self-analyze and whatever. Just like I just couldn't care less about Star Wars. I think Kotor place. sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm just trying to put it. Like, I wrote. I wrote a whole thing about it. So yeah, I'm just trying to put it into context. Like, what sort of effect did like. RPGs and like dipping back into like really genre fantasy stuff do for me. And what happened was I went into Counterweight first while I think Marielda was almost finished. Mm. It got in fairly late. Um, but I smashed through it because I was insomniac and deeply depressed at that point in my life. Hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. Uh, but yeah, like within about four, four or five weeks, entirely rediscovered my, lo- my love for like genre sci fi, in particular for cyberpunk. Well, like. And I, I'm conscious now that what would historically have been bracketed as cyberpunk isn't really what we're talking about when we talk about, like, the new brand of, like, politically aware, dystopian, near-future, grimy, city-based, um, like, dark, dark aesthetic, but, like, the politics leads the aesthetic rather than the other way around, brand mm. of cyberpunk. Because I'm not particularly here for, like, the... The trappings of it, I'm very here for like the politics of like near future sci fi. Right. And the, I, what I very quickly realized is that when I went to Autumn, um, I couldn't give less of a fuck about taking part in fantasy mm-hmm. and like completely bounce off Game of Thrones, like reinforce <clears throat> this. And also, even as stuff like Twilight Mirage moved into like space epic fantasy that I realize what I really care about is near future stuff. What I really care about okay. is like very human, very humanist, very like, so, like grounded politics in, in that sense, which is like, I put the, the continuum of like distance and relatability and like, te- mm, like mm, the mm. imminence of the technology. Like obviously you can do great things and Friends at the Table does great things to make magic tractable in a way that it isn't in high fantasy mm-hmm. in Hyrule. Which is great, and that's like part of the big way in for me because it's just about humans, and they keep saying that it's just about humans, and they're right. It's just it's very much even more about humans when it's just literally like social structure is the thing that is magical and oppressive and powerful, right? Rather than like avenues for doing fantastical things. I feel like I've gone in a weird cycle in my life where, like, as a kid, I liked fantasy, and then like as a teen, I liked a lot of near future stuff. I liked a lot of like more down-to-earth things. And then now, I think partly because of Friends... In large part, because of Friends of the Table, because of Twilight Mirage, like, magic is my shit again. <laughs> yeah, no, I can feel that, absolutely. So I... 
I've always been in a weird space because, like, my introduction to... So Star Wars was my introduction to fantasy and sci-fi and westerns and samurai. Right. All wrapped up in Star Wars, which means that it's really hard for me to, to like, separate any of those things from Star Wars, which is why, like, I want to have psychic powers in fantasy stuff, and that's because of Star Wars... Whereas, like, you know, D&D Can I whisper has in your ear something? Psionics. I'm going to whisper in your ear. I'm trying to talk about a thing, but yeah. Gundam. Okay, well. Gundam got psychic powers. Yeah, it's the Force. New types <laughs> are the Force. Yes. The 0079 is really in conversation with Star Wars. But only one Star Wars. Because there was only the one to go off. Yeah. But anyway. <coughs> um... <coughs> My point is, I used to care about cyberpunk. Um, I remember being 18 and reading Snow Crash and thinking it was the greatest book ever. I, and it's my favorite cyberpunk book. Is that true? No. I read it literally about a month ago and like laughed at how terrible it is. So the tragic thing is I love the whole like dealing it in the sort of confluence of like politics and mythology and bullshit sure, yeah. and numerology and like the mythology fun. part is the part that I was interested in the, yeah. the like linguistics part was the part that I was interested in yeah and it's and then fun it's, and then, it's dumb yeah and then there's also the other parts that really suck the audiobook is also really racist I I have not um I have not read all of Snow Crash I had some friends like two or three years ago telling me about oh if you like if you like cyberpunk if you like uh, counterweight you have to listen to snow crash or you have to read snow crash oh, and I listen no. to the audiobook the audiobook um, does a lot of like Accents getting with a- the Afrikaans uh-huh. and Chinese characters uh-huh. I'm guessing uh-huh. Jesus I kind of fell off about a third of the way through because I couldn't deal I with mean, that I'm glad I'm gonna be real There's- every Neil Stevenson book no matter how long it is has a shit third quarter mm-hmm. like that's just true um in the in a lot of their books the rest of it is also shit but like structurally <laughs> they always lag at the 75 um but there's there's another thing with the audiobook where between chapters it plays like it plays like a little music bit uh that's got like a, a bunch of different people babbling in different languages that also feels racist. I can't tell you if it is racist, <laughs> but I, I hear it, and I feel something racist happening, so, but I can't quite... So I do think there is, like, some kind of implicit thing about written culture and, like, the implicit bit thing being, like, the ability to harness and manage written culture being the thing that elevates you beyond savagery. is like, mm-hmm. there's very definitely, a, like, a, like a, a, a Western and, like... Uh, like it does a colonial gaze in that one hundred percent. At the same time, I don't think it. I don't think that book was unsalvageable because the ideas it was dealing with were somehow inherently toxic. I think it was like terrible because of the specific choices about like sexual and racial politics that it made and put in the text mm-hmm. that made it just miserable to chug through after a while. Do, like do I, I did, and I like laughed at it on the page and then threw it away and like left it at the poolside. I was out on holiday. Like, can I oh. interject? Yes, please. Because do. recently, I have found a content button. Okay. 
What does that There's mean? a button. I click the button. It gives me content. Okay. This is called Google Alerts. Are we pivoting away from Snow Crash? I'm fine with that. I just want to make sure that that's what we're doing. Yes. Okay. Also, you went to the other room and grabbed something. I was saving it for the end of the podcast as like a big dramatic end of podcast moment. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, okay. Well, Do you want to give go- me a heads up before you end the podcast? Okay, well, let's go to the content button. The content button is I have a Google Alert set up for the phrase Star Wars. You might. Why do you have that, Nora? Because are we just. We talked about it on the last talked, episode of the yeah, podcast. We, I just wanted you to like remind listeners right, that this is so a thing that our we're intent on. is to start a new podcast where we read the Star Wars Expanded Universe uh, in publication order. So we're going to start with Splinter of the Mind's Eye mm-hmm. by Alan Dean Foster. Um, so to sort of supplement that, and because I love uh, doing things that I know work on podcasts, shoutouts to the Shrieking Shack. Shout the fuck out. Um, the best <clears throat> podcast that's not export audio. I don't know if that's true, but it's a really good true. podcast. It's like in a, it's in a tie for second place with like six other podcasts that my friends so make. So we have a couple of headlines here. I don't know them. That but. I could click. Um, one of them is Star Wars Wings ranked. Okay. I don't know what that means. So here's the problem with the content. Chili. Uh, the original Star Wars Return of the Jedi ending might hint at a big Rise of Skywalker twist. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something yes. real quick? So you have a button that creates content. Yes. I have Crohn's disease, and as we have learned, just have to uh-huh. go, just have to go to the bathroom midway through every podcast we make now. Are you doing a bit, or do you really have to go? I really have to go. Okay. I just feel weird because I really have to go in the middle of every single podcast now, mm-hmm. and I also feel bad because you've pulled up a lot of Star Wars content as I'm about to leave, and you're going to have to just do Star Wars content no, at the person who doesn't it, care about Star Wars? No, you get a vamp, and then you put, like, Inside the epic bromance of Star Wars actors Oscar Isaac and John Boyega. Don't do that without me. I want to know about them. Ryan Johnson gives update on progress of new Star Wars films. Wait, hang on, I should ask. Is it Rian or Ryan? Ryan. Ryan, cool. I read it on Twitter for years, thinking it was Rian. I followed him on Twitter for a very long time before he made um, Last Star Jedi. Wars? Yeah, <laughs> like I won't say before he was famous because Looper was a very successful movie, but like before he was a guy what made Star Wars, <laughs> you know. Mm. And so Looper is the sort of movie that I enjoyed like quite a lot when I saw it, and it didn't make like earn the director a follow on Twitter. There are some movies that do that, and no. others that do not. So, and I really should go here in a sec. Go shit. <laughs> but I stop shooting with your mouth and do it with your butt. But <laughs> this sucks. <laughs> I wish I would have just gone instead of talking about it. This. <laughs> is terrible. Please proceed to defecate. No, anyway, anyway, I just want to finish what I'm saying. This was back when I was, like, a serious film Twitter person. Uh-huh. And so the reason I followed Ryan Johnson is because he was making funny jokes with Devin Faraci on Twitter every day. Oh, of course you got to get in on that film Twitter. Yeah, like, yeah. And I was, like, <clears throat> Devin Faraci was, like, one of the reasons I got on Twitter because he made really funny tweets. <sighs> Fuck. Alright. So yep. this, this is the bit where you put some comedy brass music underneath it. No, normal, normally Nora talks about nothing for a few minutes, and then I, I gotta find my phone before I... I usually it. vamp to fill the gap. You want to suck some podcast blood. Like that. Yeah, sure, that's... that's <laughs> uh... Sorry, my, my idea of vampires is entirely set by Scooby-Doo villains. 
Are you doing a Russian vampire? No, it's this Transylvanian Eastern European vampire. But again, all of my experience of vampires is set by Scooby-Doo villains. Well... So, yeah. Star Wars, at its core, is a very silly <laughs> franchise. <laughs> a delightfully silly one. More often, I can't do it. Yeah, More I mean, I think you got, you just did, so... Fascinated with minutiae and over-explanation in few ways other, other sagas might be. Um, so this is just an article about the different types of spaceship in Star Wars that are all the X... X-Wing, but like X as in variable, not as in the actual X-Wing. Uh-huh. There are 11 ships here. Mm-hmm. The bottom rung goes to the T-Wing. The T-Wing. Is that the ones which have like the... the, the... No, that's the B-Wing. Uh, the T-Wing was introduced in TIE Fighter. Uh, it doesn't look like a T. Uh, it sucks. No one likes it. It was a replacement for the A-Wing as the Alliance's primary interceptor fighter. It was bought on the cheap, badly made, less maneuverable, and lacked in shields and firepower. Wait, hang on, hang on. Is this talking in terms of, like, fans who appreciate it or, like, in-universe I think it's in-universe. In-universe value ranking. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> let me show you a picture well, of the well, team. Well, welcome to No Look Past But Star Wars, the podcast where we do power ranking for, <laughs> for basketball players except their Star Wars ships. That's, that's the team. That's a terrible ship. It's a terrible ship. Uh, in 10th place goes to A-Wing. Uh, then this is just a reference to another article that says, as previously established, it sucks and is flown exclusively by people who suck. A-Wings are cool. That's a it's a better shape, but also kind of still bulky and a bit meh. But it's very fast. That's the small one. It's very very fast. Fair. No, I, I can get behind small fast and. It's a little more delicate, but it's very very fast and ha- shoots very quickly too. Fair. Uh, next what? up is V wing. V. Which. Uh, That's a cool shape. Yeah, I prefer the older V wing. From Rogue Squadron, which is that one. That bulky motherfucker right there. Ooh, that's a bit more brutal than I... Yeah, I'm alright with that one. I, I, can be a fan, I can be a fan of a brutalist uh, spaceship. Yeah, no, entirely. Uh, next, wi- next, wa- next wing uh, is the D-Wing. Which sucks. Uh, is it exists a... in one image from the uh, West End Games RPG, tabletop RPG. Is it that that's one? That's the one, yeah. Is there a meaningful spaceship shape here? No. 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 This is this is this is not shaped. This like version a, shapes it has it rotated ninety degrees. This still doesn't have a spaceship shape. I mean, neither does the Millennium Falcon when you think about it. Okay, hold on one second. Millennium. I typed in Millennium Shape. That's not the full thing. That's not going to give me the the right results. Millennium Falcon. So, like, at the very least, the Millennium Falcon is vaguely symmetrical. Yeah, that's true. Like, I can also... It has bits for engine to go out, and it has places for people to be, and it has a point which, like, breaks the air and goes in a particular direction. The air of space. The air of space. Um, I will say okay to be to be entirely clear like the reason that human spaceships are designed the way they are is because of atmosphere you have to deal with on the way to the space like yeah Uh, the next one is E-Wing which looks a lot like the V-Wing that I just mentioned the big bulky friend 
E-Win. Mm-hmm. It autocorrected to V-Win. Well, that's not... E-Win. I am a fan of this. It's pretty similar, but has those big engines on the underside. Yeah, no, I'm kind of a fan. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, that might be my favorite. Solid. It's it's a real good one. Uh, next up is the B-Wing, which is that sideways crossed one. Uh, yeah, this is a this is a no. I'm not here for this. I like it a lot. It has a really good laser that like is a cutter laser, not just a, a blast laser. Like having cool lasers is always a good benefit, but this yeah. look, this is some like this looks like it's unstable. This looks like it should fall out of the fucking sky. Also, here's the thing about the B wing: it doesn't look like a B. No, not at all. It look it looks like a sword hilt, but a bad one. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, next, but instead of a sword point, it's got a cool laser. That's a major, maybe a marginal improvement. What's next? The H wing. H wing. From Fantasy Flight games yeah no this is this is mm, no this is far too round yeah I'm not a fan no no like it's not a horrendously asymmetrical mess but it's it's not no it, it, needs it looks like one of those popsicles it's two popsicles stuck yeah, together it is 100% two popsicles stuck together uh, which sorry ice lollies start Star Wars does have a tradition of having ships that look like food. What? The Star Destroyers are pizza slices. The Millennium Falcon is a burger. Star Destroyer. It's pizza slice. Uh, I mean, wait, hang on. <laughs> Just being in the shape of a triangle does not qualify you to be in the shape of pizza. It's a pizza slice. The, the, next, me- the next one is the U wing. Okay, no, that's strong. That is very it's strong. A, it's a big one. Mm. Yeah. Han- handsome friend. Yeah. Prerequisite, like, kind of bulky, like, flat I think surface. think it first showed up in Rogue One. I think that's true. Mm. I like it a lot. Yeah, no, like, Funky double double stack engines, very cool. Um, nice sort of like flat, bulky surfaces, no like excessive curvature. Nice proportions and a very long front like leading edge. I'm I'm here for this. Next one is the K wing. K wing. And by this point, you might be wondering, what's the top two going to be? The top two ships on this list are going to be. The two you expect to be on the top of this list. I don't know. That's what, the K wing. I don't know what I expect to be on the top of this list because I don't know about Star Wars ships. The K wing is like. It's fucked up. Yeah, the K wing looks like this is the reference image for what ultimately becomes a Pokemon. Oh, I can kind of see that. Like, it, it looks like a small squat. It looks like a Drudigan, like, concept image mm-hmm. or something like that. Just like, oh, we need a dragon that's, like, spiny and spiky and got, like, weird eye positions and things like that. It doesn't look like... It looks very anatomical in a kind of friendly and not particularly spacey way. But, yeah, what are the things up top? X. Number sure. two is the Y-Wing. Y-Wing. Classic. Yeah, no, that's all right. I'm not massively that's into it. That's the bomber. Yeah, I'm not massively into it. I, it's, I'm sort of not here for the sort of like weird curve shapes. But mm-hmm. So what that does remind me of a lot is 
Have you ever played Space Trucker? No. It's a board game. Um, it is whatever. It's fitting together, collapsible, falling apart like cargo ships in outer space. And then you get hit with meteor showers and die painful deaths. It's very fun. The but, last ship yeah. here is the X-Wing. Yeah, no, and I think I know what this looks like. Yeah. This is the one that I might. I think TIE Fighters are cooler than X-Wings. So X-Wings are very fucking cool. The, the yes. double wing design. Hey, you got on me for like the air in space. You have a <laughs> fucking cool double aerofoil design because, of course. Um, X-Wing. So what does a TIE Fighter look like? They go, ah, when they fly by. So, like, I'm definitely more of a fan of the TIE Fighter that has the, like, curvature on the mm-hmm. outside barriers. That doesn't look particularly sleek or cool to me. Mm. The curve does. But it's weird to see it fly so fast mm. while looking weird. Oh, yeah, no. Enti- so, this yeah. is the thing. Some of them, like, I just wouldn't believe. I think it was the H-Wing, which was the crossy one. I wouldn't believe that. No, one. that's the B-Wing. B-Wing, fine. The H- H-Wing was the... Uh, Sorry if the podcast got more noisy. I turned on the air conditioner because it's fucking hot. It's hot. I was wondering if we were going to wait to finish the podcast for that. But no, it's hot in here. We just It was 79 degrees. We just went through a list of all of the different alphabet ships. I know I fucked up my makeup. Yeah, you fucked up your makeup I fucked real it up. bad. I, it was funny enough that I left it fucked up. Okay. <laughs> got a, it, got a, it got a laugh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not on the podcast. I'm doing <laughs> so many more visual jokes now that we're in person. It fucking sucks. It's a habit I gotta break. But, um... Podcasts are a visual medium. So I heard, I heard H wings. I mm-hmm. heard U wings. Mm-hmm. Um, K wings. K wings. D wings. The D wings sucked. I think that was the worst one. I'm. I don't remember which one was which, but I'm inclined to agree because most of them were mediocre. Yeah, D wing just like uh, that's that's not a ship shape. That's not that, a ship. no. That's not. That's a okay. I mean, it's not symmetrical like, in any fine. meaningful way. Like it doesn't need to be not, symmetrical. I mean, it needs to be, like, balanced enough so that when you turn right, it does the same thing as what happens when What's you turn left. What's this stupid fucking Death Star this D-Wing is flying away from? I don't know. That's from the West End Games RPG. It's is the that- only appearance of it, so... Shrug. Oh. Okay. I'm not gonna buy that... I'm gonna buy that game at some point. You're gonna buy that game at some We're point. We're gonna play that you? game on this podcast. Probably. Okay. You were explaining this to me the other day, and I was curious about it. Mm-hmm. Because we were looking at the publication order of all the Star Wars books. And let mm-hmm. me know if we should just do this, if we should just actually do more research and actually talk about this on the first episode of uh, <clears throat> The War on Our Stars. Mm-hmm. But, um... Wait, hang on. Is that a John Green book reference? I mean, it's a Shakespeare reference. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so tired of all these Star Wars. Fuck. I forgot that he got the quote from someone. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus. But also... Sung me up. Also, yes, the podcast art that Nora created is the John Green, the, the Fault in Our Stars logo on a, on a star background, and then the fault is replaced with star. The ones. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway... <laughs> Anyway. And they did the Star Wars font, yeah. In the Star Wars font. I posted that without context on Twitter. Nobody really cared. Yeah, I mean, so con- it's the war in our stars. Yeah. Actually, it's this version of it. It's the it's the movie version of it. Fair. Yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um, 
The Publication History of All of Star Wars. The Publication History of All of Star Wars. So there's a, a couple books that are coming out right as the movies are coming out. And then there's like a huge gap like between Jedi and between Return of the Jedi and the start of the Thrawn trilogy. There's like no books for like eight years. What was that about? As I understand it, that's when the West End Games RPG was coming out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the EU was built off of the stuff that was in the supplementary material for the West End Games RPG. Okay. Like that. Also, like, the way there's a of, lot of stuff that, like, doesn't have names that I know is given names by sure. action figures. And then, um, a lot of stuff like the way people conceptualize the Force as a set of powers or individual abilities is from the RPG. The, the we should calling it Force Push and Force Mind Trick and Force Lightning comes from framing it as an RPG rather than, like, having the Force that can do magic things in all these books. Mm-hmm. It, it it was like codified very early on before like a lot of the narrative stuff was written huh so you are just gonna have to play the game yeah. or at least read it I mean I'm, I'm just they republished it like last year I'm just kind of interested in reading it just cause I'm kind of curious about like cause there's also like there's like I don't like Mon Mothma doesn't have a name in the movies right like she gets a name in supplementary material she I don't know. Uh, There's like so much stuff that like doesn't ha- isn't named in the films. But like the credits, yeah, the credits have names. The action figures have always had names. The action figures have names. I know like a lot of stuff comes from the action figures yes. of like, and a lot of the fake names too, like Walrus Man. God. Um, Hammerhead was from the like. Hammerhead was an action figure, but those are actually not... That's not the species name. They're not called Hammerheads. They're Ithorians. I'm sleepy. I don't have to work till 3 tomorrow, so that's cool. Damn, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Also, I, do, I work 3.15 to 9.15, which means I don't have to close. Because cool. close is at 9.30. You do, uh, Thursday night, have a... 8 p.m. and then turn around to 6 a.m. You know what? That's not near as bad as Sunday. So yeah, that's true. Because Sunday I worked till 8 p.m. and then was back at work at 4:30 a.m. Yeah, that's that sucks. I like how I told my manager about this like eight and a half hour turnaround, and she apologized to me. But knowing that later in the week I was gonna have a 10 hour turnaround. <laughs> eight and a half. That's too short. But 10. That's that's fine. Anyway, this is not need to be a podcast complaining about my job. I don't know how much of that I want to put on the internet. I'll leave all of this in, but like I don't know if I should say any more than I have. Sure. Um, uh, the thing about that dark, that like period of darkness or whatever. Uh huh. When Star- the dark times, the dark where times. Star Wars wasn't coming out. But we read on somewhere that like. Um, they've requested that elements from that RPG be put into the Thrawn books. Like... Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we so, were reading that. So, my understanding is that post-Jedi... Uh, the RPG was yeah. huge? I don't know that it was that huge. People liked it. I don't know how big it was in RPGs. Like, people who... As somebody who was in a lot of RPG spaces, uh, like, no one talked about it. Uh-huh. But we're all indie fucks, so... Who knows? Who knows? I don't know how influential that was as an RPG or as a Star Wars property, except that it inspired a lot of 
like expanded universe materials and a lot of the things that were stated as fact in that RPG became fact in canon and like treated as facts. Mm. Did you see um, they're not going to have the multiplayer from Jedi Outcast, but they are going to have the multiplayer from Jedi Academy, which I never played Jedi Academy, but I understand that that's the better of the two. I never played either of these and I don't really care. Jedi Outcast was sick. I don't care about Kyle Katarn. Fuck you. Okay. I... <laughs> on Waypoint Radio the other day... The, 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 the timing on that one was pretty expe- exceptional. On Waypoint Radio the other day, they were saying something like, isn't there like some offhand reference in The Force Awakens to Kyle Katarn? Like, doesn't J.J. Abrams like hint at him being in the canon? And I spent like an hour trying to find any mention of Kyle Katarn in the new canon. The thing that I feel like that the wires got crossed is the fact that Dash Rendar's ship is in the movies. Yeah. And also, I think sometimes people think that Jen Urso and Jan Ors are the same person. That could be true. Yeah, I think that's a thing that gets mixed up mm-hmm. a lot. Kyle Katarn has no place in the new canon. No! That's why he should be there. No, He's great. I mean, like, there's not a role for that character to fill in the story that is being told. Yeah, I know. Like, like well, actually, I mean, there is, and it's filled, because Kanan from Rebels is just Kyle Katarn. Here's the problem, is that, like, Kyle Katarn is not a character. He's a video game protagonist. And so... Sick bun. He does... He does everything. He beats up everyone. He trains Mara Jade. He trains Mara Jade and becomes king shit of fuck mountain. He's like as powerful as Luke Skywalker by the end of it or something. Let me tell you about Kitteron. That guy was in New Jedi Order, apparently. (laughs) Who? Kyle Katarn. He's like in New Jedi Order or something. Like they planned to kill him off in New Jedi Order at some point. No, he didn't show up. I remember reading this over your shoulder. They didn't kill him off. Yeah, they planned to though, which means he has to be in those books a little bit. No. I don't think he shows up. I think they canned that appearance. Oh, okay, okay. I think he shows up after the New Jedi, which is fucking wild. What the fuck is Kyle Katarn doing when the Vong are invading? I don't know. But, like, Kyle Katarn is just a video game... You think he'd care that Mara Jade has a weird nano disease in her cell? Whatever. He's got to save the entire galaxy in, like, six different games, and so, like... He, he doesn't have a place in the new canon because yeah, he like, has an idol animation where he trims his beard with his lightsaber big whoop like the, the new is that, is that real? yeah yeah like that'd the, be really hot if I were into men I'm not gonna lie <laughs> can I talk I'm about I'm a little bit into men can I talk about Crass's theory of lightsabers and why lightsabers slutty into no that. no can, Kyle is no. anyway can I, can I tell you my friend Crasspants' theory of lightsabers and why lightsabers aren't as cool as regular swords? Because mm-hmm. if we gave a dog a sword... Or if we gave a dog a sword, dog could, like, cut you a little bit. If you gave a dog a lightsaber, it's basically just as dangerous as a fully trained <laughs> Jedi. <laughs> because yeah. you would just run yeah. around being an idiot and cut people up. This is very much the... <laughs> what have you got there? A knife! No! It's that vibe. But yeah. Yeah, wait, a dog wait. with a lightsaber is equally dangerous as a Jedi. Yeah. No, that's entirely fair. I don't think that's true at all. <laughs> I don't think that a dog has the precognition necessary to reflect light like blaster bolts with a lightsaber. What if you got a for what if Dide is force sensitive? 
This doesn't mean anything. I just wanted to talk about Dighty on the podcast. Dighty, Greg, shout out, shout out to Dighty. You've recently met Dighty. Please give me a review of our dog. Adorable. Seven out of ten. Tighten up the graphics on the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) No. Um, adorable, terrified ball of like, like, like. That dog has like deep and wells of emotion. That dog Uh would be a fucking incredible blues singer. I am now just imagining... Like, can we talk about music for a second? Yeah, we can absolutely talk about music for a second. So I was listening to a podcast about Young Thug today. Uh-huh. I'm trying to get Young Thug, because I've never, like, got it before. And Young Thug's great. So you're speaking to a person who, like, hit, like... N- there's the pejorative way of saying, like, I'm a white person who hit rap music when Kendrick got good reviews on Pitchfork. Yeah, um, yeah. And, like, I backfilled a lot in a really, like, comprehensive way because that was important for me to do, particularly mm-hmm. with British stuff. Like, I, like, had a semblance of an understanding of what grime was and, like, filled myself in properly about it over the last three years, four years or so. But, like, there is a lot of old, like, really foundational genre hip-hop that either I don't like because I wasn't there for it, and, like, I include things like Tranquil Quest in this. Like, even, like, some early outcasts that I just, like... It's... I know it's wonderful, but it's just a bit too much... Well, so, okay, sorry. That's a bit too much on the boundary. Uh Like, Tupac, Biggie. All way too old school for me to actually care about whatsoever. I... Middle period, transition, is, like, tribe... Mm -hmm. Um, roots um, outcast which is like oh I wish it was less like the old stuff but there is some I mean it's it's just funny because like Tribe is before Biggie and I think before Tupac too it's just that the Tribe was so ahead of their time yeah no entirely Um, Um, but yeah just in terms of like the feels of things that I have grokked in and or haven't and for me yeah like there was stuff like there is early trap music there is like a lot of the like gangster hip-hop era stuff that I just, like, completely have not grasped whatsoever. So, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people who are, like, a knowledgeable hip-hop will give me the pass and say, like, it's fine, you don't need to, like, understand who 50 Cent mm-hmm. is to, like, know the trajectory yeah. of hip-hop. Yeah. Because, like, at the same time, like, Missy Elliott was doing incredible stuff and I can just love that instead. Yeah. But, like, um, yeah, no, Young Thug 100% falls into the category of, like, I love new stuff and this isn't quite new stuff and I never, th- like... Yeah, Thug is Thug is really weird because I feel like Thug is um the the 2010s don't happen without Thug. I feel like he's maybe the most influential artist on the charts right now, like influencing what's on the charts, I mean, because I don't he's not been on the charts for most of his career. Well, until he got a all-time artery mix. Yeah, basically. <laughs> um like I feel like, you know, Everybody who's got a number one single right now is a child of Thug, but I've never really clicked with Thug, and, like, that's just been a weird gap in my, like, everything. Yeah. And I'm Sh- trying to get, I'm I've... trying to get into Thug right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, like, I don't have advice because I'm not into Thug either. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry to say. I thought maybe, I thought... No, Frizz is my person. Is my friend is my friend who really likes Thug. Yeah, and no. I briefly had you two mixed up in my head. <laughs> this happens all the time. It doesn't happen all the time. We're entirely different people. We just happen to both live in the United Kingdom. This mm. is there. Um, at the same time, yeah, and like 
What stuff? Like, so, like, our, like, meeting point is 100% like Vince Staples, which is, like... Yes. We both think he's fucking incredible, and for very different reasons, because, mm-hmm. like, I think you've, like... You're in love with the, like, the narrative-y, like... Yes. Like, yes. very down-to-us stuff, and I just love Big Fish Theory, because it's, like, this is mid-2000s dance music. It, t- it took like, me a with- second. It took me a second yeah. to come around on Big Fish Theory, but now I'm like, oh, this is fucking masterful. Yeah. It, for me, Big Fish Theory is, like, it's got all the storytelling stuff you could want. It's clearly not as in-depth and not as detailed mm-hmm. and, like, beautifully painterly in the same way that, like, Summertime is. But it's, like, got that plus a lot of, like invention and creativity and genuine newness that I hadn't heard rappers do before. So, yeah. do, you, do y'all know my big fish story? Tell me your... Please tell me your big fish story. <laughs> my aunt worked on Big Fish, the movie. Oh, I thought this was going to be a story about a bass. <laughs> no. I thought this was going to be um, a story... Can I tell you my big the cat fish story? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, my aunt did costumes for Big Fish, the movie, with Ewan McGregor in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all. I saw it with my grandma in the theater. Don't remember any of it, but I remember sitting there waiting to see my aunt's name in the credits. Did you see your aunt's name in the credits? Yeah, I sure did. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. I did, I did watch all the control credits uh, looking for... Um, for Vita. Yeah. For Vita. Yeah. I didn't actually see her in the credits because I didn't start to... Th- I didn't... Yeah, you didn't yeah. remember to do it until... Yeah, until she'd probably already gone by, but I did find her name in the video game, which is Hell pretty yeah. cool. Shout out to Vita. Shout out to Vita. Vita's so, great. Shout out, to Vita. Shout out to Vita for being a person I can scream to about K- Korean hip-hop. Uh, yes. that, is a, that is a niche thing that we can share that I'm <laughs> intensely, intensely glad for having. I, I feel like I should get into K-pop, and I feel like... I feel like the language... <laughs> I just feel like the language barrier is like... Maybe like a little too much for me. I have never at any point cared about the language barrier. I know, and I care about it a little too much. Yeah, no, I'm sure. Like, so are you always talking to a person who like loves emotional, deep American guitar music because the guitar sounds are nice, and not because I think there are like deep emotional truths to discover in it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there are deep emotional truths to discover in it, but the prerequisite is the sound is great. Yes, K- K-pop is just like I've never heard such consistent output of inventive, clever, new, weird stuff in pop music. Yeah. I've heard it in electronic music all the fucking time. Some often you get patches where you hear it loads in guitar music. I've never heard pop be so consistently clever and inventive. And like yeah. that's just like such a rewarding thing to keep from I mean it. so much of American pop music is dominated by like the same like twelve producers who have been around since the nineties and like you know, like, Max Martin's walking around with, like, an actual math to how he creates songs. Yeah, and I'm a, certainly not going to claim that K-pop isn't devoid isn't of that. formula. It's certainly not devoid of formula, but what it is is, like, it's responsive to a different kind of combination of sound. Like, a lot of American pop is, having established what the sounds are, it's re like, recapitulating them in sufficiently hooky ways with a sufficient personality. To blow the fuck up and like, right? Case in point is like, why does the new Taylor Swift stuff feel so dead when the old stuff felt so incredible? And it's like the sound is the same and just like the personality isn't there. And the way that K-pop like does its hook is just by the music stealing something entirely new every single time, like a whole Mm. collective expanse of visual aesthetic um, sound design palette like specific moment and genre that it's picking from and choreography and visual embodiment that like all feeds together 
Which I'm is... gonna I'm gonna speak to Nora for one moment here. Do that. You know how we both like that one Taylor Swift album? The one that Greg's put on in the car today? I literally put it on in the car today. Good. Um, and you know how we don't really like the one that came after it as much? I never listened to it. I have great news. Yeah? Everything they just said about the new one being a little bit dead and soulless, true. Also, it slaps. <laughs> okay. It fucking slaps the new Taylor Swift album. <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> the new Taylor Swift album is good. I also wanted to be included on the ASMR bit. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I'm, gen- I'm genuinely sad that it a person whose want- music takes I respect thinks it sounds okay. I because makes I- me want to revisit Reputation and find something likable in there. I don't I know. thought Reputation was the... 1989 is the best Taylor Swift album. I don't think there's anyone who will argue that. I mean, there, I, there are going to be stickers who think, like, Red or something is. And, like, it's fuck the, them. Well, okay. Fuck them. I will, accept, I will accept someone saying that one of her country albums is the best, and if they don't like the pivot to pop music, that's fine. I feel like 1989 is such a refinement on everything in red. My point being, is there another one I don't know about between 1989 and this other one? So so there's there's one called... Reputation, which is, look what you made me do. Sure. Which is when everybody turns on Taylor Swift. Uh And there's one that's out literally in the last, like, month. And I'm... I'm, Yeah. Yeah. There's one that just came out. New Taylor. Yeah, it's got Brendan Urie as a feature on the lead single and everything. Uh, Panic at the Disco, man. Oh. You hit it! At the disco. Yeah. That sucked. I hated that. <laughs> Apologies for clipping. Uh, <laughs> but, but they I, have an exclamation point. They do have an exclamation point. We the, can't deny the new, that. The new Taylor Swift album is good. Okay, let's listen to it. Yeah, it's good. And it makes me want to revisit Reputation and, like, with clean ears. Because I think... I think what... Look what you made me do is such a bad song mm. that it turned me off from the whole project and I want to go in and just be like okay what if the lead single was bad but what if there's something else in here that's worth finding because so, also I like Jack Jack Antonoff quite a bit oh yeah uh, okay. and um and he doesn't make music without Taylor Swift anymore which sucks <laughs> so like maybe I can just well, go listen Jack Antonoff did the last like St. Vincent album and things. Okay, well, yeah, but like he doesn't he doesn't do I... Bleachers so much these days. Is the problem? Okay, is that yeah, I but liked, that's true. I liked Bleachers, and he doesn't make Bleachers albums because he could make more money doing St. Vincent and. I mean, the one-off tracks. Like I remember being really excited. There was a one-off Jack Antonoff produced track on the Cardio Ray Jepsen album. He did the St. Vincent record. Like right, that's the. Song. Yeah, there's also, um, Jack Antonoff said something really weird. So okay. There's the Bleachers album, which is good, and then there's um, Hypnotic Thrills or something, which is covers of every um, every song on that album by different female pop singers. Huh. Um, and in the release of that, Jack Antonoff did some interview where he talked about, like, he doesn't really like writing for male voices. The reason that that album came out is because he writes all his songs for female voices, which is, like, a little bit, like... Especially knowing that he's, like, engaged to Lena Dunham or something. A little bit, like, 
I'm Jack Antonoff, and I'm here to respect women. <laughs> so, I 100% agree, but also, when has any pop song not... Frankly, when, when has most songs... When have most songs not been improved by just making the singer a woman? That's like, true. That's frankly, I, honestly true. Like, like, just there that are... That is 85% of the music I like listening to. Yeah. No, no entirely. Just like... But here's some rock music. You want to have better subject matter and a better insight on it and more emotional impact. Maybe consider not having some random white dude who's obsessed with showing you how big his fucking guitar is. Uh, we have reader mail. We have reader mail? Yeah. Uh, Fabian do, says do, do, hi. Do, you do. Fabian says hi. Hi. Um, hi, Fabian. Speaking of... I had a thing to talk about. Tell me the thing you had to talk about. I like St. Vincent. You I like St. Vincent? I really like St. Vincent. Vincent's really good. That's kind of all I had to say. Yeah, St. Vincent's really mentioned good. that name, and I was like, that sounds familiar, and I looked it up, and I was like, oh, I like this music. Yeah. Um, so that you've song. been getting into metal music more? Um, that was a side. I, I don't know. I don't know, because I am completely at the whim of the algorithm, so I don't really yeah. know. Because I don't... I can't. I don't like metal really, so I can't be a rudder in your in your storm in your ship here in the way I can with many genres of music of like mm-hmm. steering you in the right direction. If I open Spotify, can I see things I've listened to lately? But yeah, I was. It's got, it's got a history. Of I was. I was thinking the other day about getting into Mastodon, which would be mm. a yeah. That was a thing that I thought about because. I was reading the New York Times because that's a thing I do every now and then. <laughs> they have a Why really. Why would you do this to The New York Times has a really good music section. It, the thing. Many, many onerously awful newspapers have good music sections. That still doesn't mean you should subject yourself to like reading the New York Times. So I was only reading the New York Times music section, and they, someone said something about Mastodon, and I was like, I should get into Mastodon. Like maybe um, I don't like metal, but Mastodon could be the metal band I like. Yeah. Because I feel like there's a lot of people who don't like metal, but Mastodon is the metal band they like. Yeah. So for me, it's very much like I liked. Uh, is it Sungate? Uh, what's it? I know what you're. Uh, no, no, not fucking Sungate. So that's a fucking Adam Neely's band. How fucking internet jazz. It's not it? Sun O. Uh, Sunbather. Sunbather. I've uh, heard of this. Sunbather being but I've heard of a it. sort of like, I think you'd call it like deaf heaven that's the band it was like a metal album but it had like a burnt red pink cover and oh this is this is a thing I could like yeah so it was very much like it was like I think people called it black metal but it was very much like black metal that's more like shoegaze than it is like other black metal there's more reader mail Uh, okay Rourke has opted not to send in reader mail oh well okay then (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah so like love you Rourke my ventures into metal have entirely been like this sounds like rock music that I like better versions of it and just like I'm fine listening to knowing that metal is not my thing and finding bits around the edges that are just okay have you listened to priests yet they're like my new obsession musically priests they're like a punk jazz fusion band no that's like hardcore communist I can't tell which flavor of communist because they shout so many of the lyrics that I don't like. I haven't internalized any of it, but That's like fine. I can hear them shouting like, huh? I, "I'm pretty sure dialectics has come up in their songs at some point." Just the word dialectics. Yeah, like I'm pretty sure there's definitely been some stuff about workers and like 
using people for money and shit. I haven't parsed any of it, but I know they're really mad about capitalism. It's mm. strong. It's a good thing to be mad about. This is, this is just a good album cover, too. That's an incredibly good album cover. Also, their most recent album that came out this year is called The Seduction of Kansas. And I, I saw that and was immediately like, of course Allison loves yeah. this album. So I don't know what I've been listening to, except that it... Uh, Slaps. It is good. It is good music. Uh-huh. Uh, Autumn has compared some of it to it. Industrial metal? Yeah. Question I think, mark? I think you would get into nine I think you would fucking love nine inch nails. I don't I think oh, okay. Hmm. Fair. Mm. I didn't I don't know what industrial metal is. I like you told me a band you liked and I looked them up and Wikipedia was like, This is an industrial metal band. I'm like, Yeah, that sounds kinda I don't like what Norris. I don't remember. It was Marilyn Manson. I don't think so. Yeah, you were really enjoying a Marilyn Manson song, and I had to turn it off because I couldn't tolerate it. I was kind of, I was kind of ironically enjoying it because it was really bad. Mm-hmm. It was the one from the Dragon Age trailer. In case you're wondering. <laughs> oh, it was that one. So I don't even know it, and immediately I'm like cringing um, on your behalf. What I like is, you know how sometimes in metal, there's lots of very harsh guitar noises. What if that was that, but with computer noises? Oh, yes. I, I mean, I could show you. But with guitar of, also, but also there's like. So this is the problem. If you want like super crazy electronic noises, that's generally people who've like departed guitars entirely. So I you are both. still living in the. So you, you are still living in the land of metal. Like, I can't guide you mm-hmm. out of metal entirely. Mm-hmm. If you still want some guitars, I want. Some but guitars. she's really fucking loving black dresses. So oh, like, yeah. if you have yeah. more, if you have more in the like wheelhouse of black dresses I'm sure she'll have that yeah no like I just straight up don't um all the stuff I listen to is a bit let's like I just orient myself the, all the stuff the I noises listen- are so loud and they make me anxious black dresses seems really cool but they make me anxious but my discover playlist is not much like that mm-hmm. it's more like like guitar songs, yeah, but with lots of fancy noises added to the guitars yeah. and to the like ambience of the of the music. And sometimes it's just a girl with a guitar shouting about uh, like I don't know antidepressants. Yeah, <laughs> a, I love that's Phoebe a, Bridgers. That's a, <laughs> that's a very. Strong I have brand. a Phoebe Bridgers tattoo. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Girls screaming about antidepressants is an incredibly strong vibe. <laughs> For a chemical imbalance, you sure do ride a train. Oh, I fucking love Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, I can tell you, like, I've been listening. I have a very long, about a thousand track Spotify playlist, which is all the albums I have tried and liked so far this year. Nice. Um, in terms of what I've been listening to on my, like, cross America, not road trip, but trip. A lot of the, like, I have a lot of electronic stuff and it just hasn't really felt right to be listening to. So what I have been listening to is a lot of, like, hey, Allison, have you heard of a band called Big Thief? I think you'd like that. Oh, Big Thief. (laughs) I need to give the new, okay. I think I got to a place with capacity where I liked it, but maybe, possibly, someone had put onto me too big of a weight of expectation of it being the best album ever and it didn't quite hit that for me. Uh Uh-huh. So I think I need to, like, listen to the new album now with, like, fresh ears Mm -hmm. and go in, like, just, like, I'm just gonna let this wash over me. Yeah, new album's good. I think you'll enjoy it. Speaking of, this has nothing to do with what we were saying. You should listen to Sophie. 
That's a trans oh, woman who has like yes. big weird electronic sounds and talking about her body. Okay. Yeah, so, Sophie's if, really good. If you're good. looking for a thing that's like electronic music that's like metal but not quite metal. It's a little aggressive, it's a yeah. little dancey, it's a little See the thing is about the the secret behind this particular taste in music is this is the kind of music I wish I could make. Yes. And I someday I would like to make music. But I was enjoying Sophie but then had to turn the album off halfway through because I felt uh, I was like my skin hurt from listening to how aggressive the music was. I will probably like it. Yeah. Didi, also, I was playing it at the Bluetooth speaker and Didi was getting upset. She did not like those noises. Mm. So then I had to put on like Phoebe Bridgers to like give her soothing guitar mm. noises. Give her the soothing guitar. <laughs> yeah. It was for Didi. That was for Didi. That was for Didi. Yeah, not de- for me, definitely being affected by this brutal, violent, explosive, expressive, tr- like super trans. Also, yeah, like all the aggression is like about dysphoria and like. Explosively new bodies. Yes, sure. yeah. and, and expectations that society puts on your body, and mm-hmm. it's great. It's frankly great. But yeah, no, I can't just shout out. So I haven't listened to a lot of Big Thief because, of course, um, other like American, mostly American artists doing cool stuff with guitars. Casper Combs is that a name that you recognize? Uh, I definitely heard that name and was like, I'm gonna listen to this. You know, as soon as I get the chance, I never got around to it. Yeah, it's just good. Ways Blood. No, I don't um, know. Like, very operatic. Um, I will just send you this list anyway, but people okay. might be interested. Ways Blood, um, newish album called Titanic Rising. It's very operatic and dramatic. In terms of her voice, she sounds most like Nico. Okay. Which is just sick. It's just great. I've also been, like, going through a phase of, like... Because I... I'm going to tell you something about me and you're going to be ashamed now. There are very few things that I shame people about, but please fire away. I know Transformer. I know Loaded. Uh-huh. That's all the Velvet Underground I know. And I know Transformer is not Velvet Underground, but like that's that's it. That's fine. I The only... So I can do my like, hey, this is a fact about me that sounds fake. Um, when I was about 13, I was one of Lou Reed's backing singers for a tour he did across Europe, mm-hmm. which was fucking incredible but also means that I have a very weird and quite particular relationship to both Velvets and Lou Reed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, I don't blame anyone for not knowing Velvets or Lou Reed particularly well because like, it's a weird, sprawling, quite inaccessible back catalogue. Yeah. But I, will... I think there is a lot to love. I think also like it's hard to get into it now because it's very old and very ahead of its time, but like... Uh, yeah, if you know Bowie or uh, Talking Heads and stuff that pr- uh, follows on from it, then you just do know Lou Reed and Velvets. So, yeah. Right. So, I've been wanting to get into them partially because I read that Ezra Furman book about Transformer. Um, and it got me curious about the Velvet Underground. And partially because we were at the record store and we saw a really cool shirt for uh, White Noise, White Heat. Um, Beautiful design. And I well. thought I thought about what I actually wanted is they had a shirt for... They had a Joy Division shirt, but they had it... The shirt was gray, and then the lines were black. And I wasn't into that. And so then I was looking at all the other shirts they had and saw this really cool white noise, white heat shirt. But then I would have felt like a poser, because I don't actually know that album. (laughs) The only one I know actually by Velvet Underground is Loaded, which I feel like an asshole. Like... But also, Loaded's great. Who Loves the Sun is a great song. You're allowed to just like all the things you like. It's yes. There is no, like... The only two 
band shirts I own are Metric and Proto Men. I don't own any band shirts right now, and I want that to change, but I want that... I want to own, like, a Joy Division shirt so that I can be better than all the people around me. I... It's, as, is that a... Mm. I aspire to the dirtbag lesbian band shirt aesthetic. It's incredibly yeah. powerful. So, just, I'm pulling you back there. Does having a Joy Division shirt make you feel better than the people around you? Because I would have thought that everyone has co-opted the Joy Division shirt so successfully. Well, here's the thing, is that, one, I can feel better than everybody around me because I know Joy Division, and two, I... All I want in life is to be a basic bitch. What's more basic than liking Joy Division? Okay, you're entirely... Nothing's more basic. <laughs> you're entirely correct. Readers, I'm going to be real with you. I don't know what Joy Division is. It's just, you know emo music? I thought I'd listen to that album. I think I actually listened to an Arctic Monkeys album. Yeah. That's, yep. Yeah. I think it has a similar bo- box art. You know, it, box it, art? Yes, I do. Yeah, albums yeah, have a box it's, art? It's there is, there is... Dear Lord, yeah. AM has a very similar look, too. To be fair, there are only two good Arctic Monkeys albums, and AM is one of them. So... I don't know what that means. I couldn't tell you which album I listened to. It would. I, I know which one has a similar album art to uh, Joy Division. Uh, Unknown Pleasures. Fuck. I've just been calling. <laughs> anyway. Yes, I know which one you're talking about, and that's one of the two good Arctic Monkeys albums. Sure. Uh, do, can I wrap it's, up the bands that I've been listening yes, to? Yes, yes. Please oh, do. The, okay, the, the, I will finish up the girl... Not the fucking girl band. It's... When I think about it, it is mostly girls with guitars because it's um, Jessica Pratt who makes yes. like beautiful, very slightly mm-hmm. like wonky psychedelic mm-hmm. acoustic stuff. And um, right at the bottom here is Jason. Yes, who is yes. just yes. good, yes. just good. good. And like I've needed that summer album, and this has been my summer album. Right, as I've sort of like fallen not out of love, but like. Passed in my life my Mac DeMarco phase. Like, I needed something else. <laughs> That's Jason now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you were talking about um, band t shirts. The band t shirt that I got with me is for Kalala, who is incredible. She mm-hmm. is. Uh, she's like LA orig- from LA originally, I think Ethiopian heritage. She right, makes yes. Incredible, yes. like, wonky. R&B. I like, listened to this album once and was like, this is one of the best albums I've ever heard and then never listened to it a second time. <laughs> it's it's like that when you find stuff that's slightly out of your wheelhouse. But yeah, yeah. like um, incredible electronic production. People like Arca and Jam City, if those names mean anything to people listening. Um, it's like sad breakup music, but also with a sort of like brutality and electronic energy that just like you don't get in R&B very often. And I was lucky enough to go and see her basically played that most of that album plus a couple covers live with the jazz trio backing up piano trio backing oh cool up, instead of electronic stuff and she just performed her fucking like so so you know what I mean beautiful I mean I okay here's what I'm thinking I'm thinking I'm gonna have one last music thought and then we should probably wrap it up because we're just passing the two hour mark that's a lot of podcasts uh, that's a long podcast uh, so there's one jazz song on the Vampire Weekend album from this year. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. so most of the Vampire Weekend album is just the exact album you expect them to make, uh, and I like it, but it's a little boring because they're not doing anything outside of their own wheelhouse. They're just making another Vampire Weekend album, and then 
somewhere in here, I think maybe Sympathy? One of these songs is a jazz song. And Vampire Weekend album, just make the jazz album that you apparently want to make. Like, that would be... Like, you should stretch your wings like you used to. Because they, they used to, like try new shit and they don't do that anymore apparently so, so like I am still very much the person who thinks the best album they ever made was their first uh well they didn't make Contra first so apparently you're just mistaken we don't talk about Contra on the podcast we do not talk about Contra on this podcast do people That's have true. feelings about Contra well no 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 this was a joke this is Contra uh, the Vampire uh, Week album uh, is the best uh, yeah uh, <laughs> yes yes we do not talk about Contra points on this Contra 3, The Alien War. <laughs> I, I feel like it's a wash my mouth out with, like, bleach. Shattered Soldier. Contra Points 3, The Semi-Passable War. We can't do this. <laughs> anyway, I was just checking to it's see illegal. if Metric had any tour dates in our area. They're going to Texas. That's not in our area anymore. I know. It was never in your area. I know. I just wanted to go see Metric again, because they're my favorite band. That's a very good Metric shirt you own, by the way. It's a very yeah. good shirt. I don't know what its deal is. Like, that's not album art. It's just a cool shirt. Yeah. Sometimes you go to cool, uh, cool Sometimes design. Sometimes I just get a cool shirt. Um, I love it a lot. It's my favorite shirt. So, yeah, we should wrap up the podcast, because this has been a long one. Yeah. Uh, in which case, can I do my... Please do your... Incredibly bullshit and incredibly, like, shit-eating, but I think still quite sweet thing. Please do. Which is, hey, I was hanging out in D.C. with Marcy. Shout out to Marcy. Shout out to Marcy. And we were we, 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 we saw cool things, and we thought uh-huh. you'd appreciate cool things. Oh, God, you're giving us a gift on the podcast. I am fucking giving you a gift on a podcast. Um, okay, before I give you the gift, I'm going to say... Autumn's recent tweeting about Nora having small energy, short person energy might have meant we've got the wrong size, but... Okay. Fucking... <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, fuck! Oh, fuck! This is, all, this is the Gundam shirt that I almost bought. <laughs> I almost oh, bought yeah. a Gundam shirt, and then, like, um... It, like, wasn't in my cart when I checked out, and so that I just <laughs> never... Oh, fuck. Hell yeah. It says I'm supposed to be a new Type 2. It's one of the unique low Gundam shirts they did for the 40th. I've got droids. Yes. Good. The boyfriends. The boyfriends. Also, look at the back of your shirt. A Balaku! Fuck yes! Gundam's so good! Gundam fucking owns! <laughs> I have no idea what these words mean. <laughs> Thank you very much for the shirt. It's a fucking pleasure. Thank you for putting up with me for five days, six days. <laughs> yes. Regs, where can people find you online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Regression. That's Regression with three S's. Uh, but it's two in the front one in the back. Wait, hang on, what? Or is it three in the front one in the back? There is no other place for the S's to go. There is only one spot. Shuns. No. Mm. No, it's Regression. Is- it's not... Plural. There's is there, it not plural? It is, there is no plural and there's no apostrophe S or anything. I thought, there was, I thought it was plural. It's the word regression, but instead of two S's in the middle, there are three, and okay. that's it. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I don't know things. Nora, where can people find you online? Don't do me next. You go next. Okay. <laughs> well, you can find me on Twitter at Allison underscore coffee. Um, there you'll find my pinned tweet with links to Patreon. Uh, I should put a link to my coffee so people can just give me money directly. Yeah. Um, and you can find links to No Look Pass, uh, allegedly a basketball podcast that we do. I 
I, we, we picked a bad time to start a basketball podcast being the middle of the fucking offseason. But also, we picked, like the best, we picked the best time because the most exciting basketball thing ever was happening when we started the show. Oh, entirely. Like, we picked the right time to start it, but it was also objectively quite a bad time. Yes. So, um, hey, it'll happen soon enough. Hey, we, Al- <laughs> Allison, we can just do that. We can just, like, yeah, we press can, Gang Riley and def- record a podcast. It's a yes. thing we can do. We can also do uh, no-look pass interference. Um which is just a football podcast tied us over. Hi, oh, welcome. Word. I'm your new co-host for that <laughs> Yeah, one. we just... Fuck yeah, I'm here for that. <laughs> We're not going to make Riley talk about the fucking bears. We're not going to subject them to that. Uh, you know what? I might just say, you know what? I'm fucking signing up for no-look pass interference because <laughs> I just want to shout about a weird sport that I don't get but find very funny and amusing. So yeah, um, fucking um, let's do that. Okay. Uh, Listeners, you heard it here first. New podcasts birth themselves with the uh, <laughs> ending of each last one. Yes. Uh, you go also find there uh, a link to And Then an Aeroplane, the best co- podcast I make, uh, which is with my friend uh, M of Abnormal Mapping. Um, we had to plug it at some point in this episode. <laughs> uh, we just did an episode about Nausicaa, which is like... A great fucking podcast. It's just a great fucking podcast. I do a normal podcast now. Like, I just do a normal podcast that's also extremely good. But it's it's not, like, this dumb, like, rambly thing that You're, I do. You got on another network, and suddenly you're so, like, hoity-toity above all of us. I'm not that. It's just very weird to be doing a normal podcast. Like a serious one. Like, not even a serious one. Because, we I, like, I'm not, like, serious on it. I'm just, like... Not, you know, me and my girlfriend just, like, moving 10 million miles an hour. Like, it's a very different energy. Sure, yeah. Um, it's very good. The Nausicaa yeah, episode was fucking superb. Have you listened to the Nausicaa episode yet? I haven't listened yet? to it yet. Because okay. now that we live together, I don't have much, like, opportunities to listen to things where you can't hear them. Mm-hmm. And that would be weird. You know I love listening to my own podcast. Yes, but I don't want to listen to that podcast with you. Okay. Fine. <laughs> I've listened to it since it's gone out, and I'm the person who edited it. Yes, that's because you do that. I do do that. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at neither Nora or at Zoe underscore Mars. That's Zoe with an X. You can find my games at neithernora.itch.io, uh, medium.com slash at Zoe Mars, no underscore. Uh, there was something. Uh, I do have a link to my coffee on my Twitter. I think it's broken though. If somebody could like double check and make sure it works, that'd be great. Um, do I have other stuff to talk about? I'm checking your coffee link now, just out of curiosity. Does this? It's money in. Lo- it's in your location, Does so it's send- hard to. No, I mean, I meant like the send money part. Does that one work? Does, can you send me some money and see if it works? Somebody out there, send me some money and see if it works. Okay. Um. <laughs> I think that I'm not on podcasts anymore, so like, I think that's it for me. Yeah. Trunk. Look forward to uh, the war on our stars. Look forward to. The big thing I'm doing right now is getting zines ready to sell in person, so mm-hmm. I might sell those digitally as well at some point, but beyond that. I'm not. Okay. Oh, Dust Wardens is almost done. Yeah. That game's almost out. I just I'm just waiting on some art and then it'll be like done and then I'll put it out and people can buy it. I'm so also okay. I'm not going to make anyone any promises. <clears throat> I'm not saying this is happening for sure. I'm saying that 
Regs and I were having a conversation the other day about the return of Hot Singles, which is the actual best podcast that anyone's ever made. <laughs> yeah, it's a podcast that where I realized for the two hours of audio that we we put out, I did about 15 hours of editing work. Yes. And that there was another two hours of podcast that I could put out, plus another about half an hour of complete diversion uh-huh. from that same conversation, of which I've done about 10 hours of editing, and there's another about five to go. Yes. So, like... We, That's not I, sustainable, but also I really fucking want to do an over-the-top music podcast. I have so. found a way to scale back hot singles, and so that will happen. And maybe there will also be the big <clears throat> absurd hot singles that we were also making. But we talked about the return of a very small-scale hot single. When we get, when we make it big, we have lots of money from Patreon. Then we can just yeah, we'll go we hog just wild. like pay people to do editing. We yes. can go thirty to fifty hog wild. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Please explain that. <laughs> the, no. the 30 to 50 feral hogs bit? Do you remember this oh meme? My <laughs> the meme that, yeah. the, the meme that was Let's everywhere for one night, and then everybody was... Jo- the, the other meme was that, like, oh, we're all going to forget what the fuck this is about in an hour. <laughs> this is and like a modern-day graffiti. Pay my shit on bleed. Yeah. 